cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared it to begin with was because AEW was going to and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought but, Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while, so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful, 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 Stephen Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksman have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds episode 51. Um, thanks for all coming in. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, this is a 
this is a pretty tough one to do just because of what's happened in Uvalde, Texas. So I just want to give everybody a shout out of Uvalde, Texas, and let them, you know, that our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that's over there. It's a really tragic accident that happened, not accident, incident that happened. And uh, it's just, it's just tough to, you know, I have kids and I know that there's people out there that have kids as well or don't have kids. Nobody wants to see this type of tragedy happen. And uh, it's just unfortunate. And uh, yeah, I just, I feel bad for everyone there. And I just wanted to definitely give my shout outs there and, and let everyone know that thoughts and prayers are over there with them. And uh, other than that, we got a lot to cover, Stephen. So I'm going to give, give the floor to you and then we'll get into it. Yeah. So I'm with you. I don't have kids, but obviously, I mean, it's uh, just terrible, terrible what happened. It's, it's terrible that it keeps happening, and there yeah. seems to be no real, and we're not going to get into it on the show, but there just seems to be no real right. way to figure out how to stop it. You know, whether you're pro more guns to stop it or pro getting the guns off the streets, but, you know, the bad guys are going to get guns anyways mindset. I mean, yeah. I, I understand both. I understand both sides. I do you too. know what I mean? And everyone just wants to everybody wants to be able to fix the problem and i just don't know if it's fixable and that's like the scariest part it's like just i don't i don't know what to do um yeah. but it, it, it is sad it's very sad and uh yeah but we appreciate everyone who's in here tonight um you know we're gonna have a good time tonight we're gonna talk about pro yeah. wrestling and uh maybe some mma or something i, I don't know probably mainly pro wrestling there's a lot of pro wrestling stuff going on especially with AEW double or nothing coming up um so yeah, thoughts thoughts are out to you know everyone affected by you know more of these tragedies happening out there, and I, I hope it's the last time we ever have to talk about this. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case, and it's just it's sad. It's crazy because like you really, I know I'm like this, and I, I I'm I getting I'm I'm an anxiety or an anxious person, anyways. Like when it comes to being out in public, and it's yep. like you know going anywhere in public. I don't even want to go to movie theaters. I you know like because it's like you know, I feel trapped. You know what I mean? Like, cause like people yeah. are just crazy nowadays. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. So, um, so yeah, that all well, being said. Yeah. Oh yeah. I the, was going to say tough that. Thing, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. But the tough thing about it is too, is like, I don't even really want to overly talk about it because what happens is when it gets blown up, then it, it sparks more, you know yeah. what I mean? And like the media loves to talk about stuff like this and I understand it. But at the same point, it's like, I don't want this to just become a copycat thing that happens throughout the summer because we're starting to see that trend every week. This is happening. So it's a tough situation. Yeah, it really is. But that all said, um, let's talk about some wrestling. Uh, on, a, on a much brighter note, we do have Double or Nothing coming up for AEW. Yep. Um, we're going to give away a free entry from Rumble today on the show. The way to potentially win an entry from us is very simple. If if you send us any donation, so your super chat, the donation link is in the description. Super chat you can do right through YouTube. They both work the same exact way. Um, anyone who sends a super chat, you're going to get your name on our list one time. Any super chats or an amount of super chats from the same user over ten dollars will put an additional um, an additional name on there for you. And at the end, I'm going to pull up the screen with everybody's name who's donated for the show today, whether, you know, regardless of the amount, we're going to put everyone's name on there who donates. And um, the the name that we pick off of the random generator is going to win a free entry for Double or Nothing's Pick'em Contest over at WrestleRumble.com. 
and the top prize or the only prize, I think it's just a winner takes all thing uh, for double or nothing, $1,000 cash. So uh, by donating today's stream, you could potentially win $1,000 cash in the Pick'em contest. Um, and even if you don't win, you are helping support the stream. I know we've had some people in the comments randomly be like, what do y'all need the money for? And it's like, well, <laughs> we just we appreciate the support, but don't feel like you need to. We don't want, we're not like e-begging here for money. I, but it is something where the more money we make, like me and Doug have, have considered, you know, doing some t-shirts because some people have wanted some stuff with like our logos on it. Um, we're considering doing this kind of stuff. So if we know we're getting support from people watching the show, then we know like, okay, if we, we're getting some donations, like if people are willing to spend some money on us, like maybe they want some t-shirts, you know, maybe, maybe we can spend X amount extra time a week where Doug can do some more videos on the channel, take more time out of his, his work day and his family life, get some more content on here. And that just kind of, it, it, it just helps out. That's all it is, but never feel like you have to donate. And that's also why we like to give things away. Like somebody who donates tonight is going to win a free um, entry to Wrestle Rumble. Um, and, you know, we want to do more stuff like this going forward to, to help kind of reward people who are watching the show every week. Because we, we appreciate everyone who's in here watching the show with us. I mean, it's, it's cool as hell, you know, to sit here and talk about pro wrestling unfiltered, just real thoughts about pro wrestling every every week. And late night, too. It's even better, I think, sometimes being late at night because we can really say whatever we want about all this stuff. So, right. um, so anyways, um, if you want to win a double or nothing victim contest entry, you can donate to the stream. Of course, you also get your answers, your questions read out. They'll go up on the screen. We'll read your statements out, treat it just like every other super chat. Um, and we'll keep an eye on the comments. We want to know your thoughts throughout the whole show, especially when it comes to double or well, actually, not even just especially. We're gonna want your thoughts on double or nothing, your predictions for the show. We're gonna want to know your thoughts on Stephanie McMahon taking a leave of absence from WWE, which is I mean, we are, we are, I'm sure we'll get into a, a, a Nick Khan situation or conversation yep. here in a second. Um, yep. We want to know your thoughts on Sasha and, and, and Naomi getting suspended and stripped of their titles and, and the reaction to, to this from the fan base and from the company and Pat McAfee and stuff. So we want to we want to know your thoughts during the show too. interact with us. And um, and Doug, you can choose where you want to start off with all this. Well, so I guess we can kind of start off with I was at Dynamite last week. Yep. So we can kind of talk about that and also just like heading into Double or Nothing and where we're at there. Um, one thing, man. So when we got there, it's at uh, U of H, which is like the University of Houston, like where they play basketball. And it's a nice little setup. It's a nice little arena thing they got. But the security people were dumb as dog crap. And we had, so I bought like third row of like on the floor in the back, but I didn't know they were actually like bleachers. So they ended up being bleachers, but they had seats, right? But the people that were directing people were telling them, sit wherever you want. You're all going to be in the same section. So uh, it was, it literally took almost an hour and a half to clear out the mess that they made because then you would just have constant people coming to say, Hey, where do I sit? Where do I sit? And they were like, I don't know. So then they had to go get help. Well, what's interesting about it is like, this was going on in dark, right? We're in dynamite now and they're like on commercial breaks and there's like, a mass people all the way on the right side on the floor. 
that have nowhere to sit and they're all standing. Well, Justin Roberts is always doing the, hey, where's everybody from and all this stuff, you know, where's your sign from and all this. So people are all like, you know, hey, I'm here, hyped and all that. Well, the crowd on that side starts chanting, fix the seats, fix the seats. And it's literally like to the point to where Justin can't ignore it. And so he stops everything, goes down and talks to security and wants to know what's going on. Well, I guess they explained it to him because I kid you not, not two minutes later, there is like the head security people and they move everybody out and give them seats out in the, where the cameras would be, where they normally don't sell those seats. They put all those people in those seats to make up for it. So then the show was much more easy to enjoy and all that stuff. But at first, man, it was a live disaster. Mess. <laughs> so that, that sounds more like something was, that happened at like GCW or something right. like that. It's, it's exactly like a GCW thing. And I and a lot of people didn't comment that they couldn't see me. You can see me the entire time. Like I am straight dead at the camera. So like I'm I was wearing a light blue uh, Dallas Cowboys shirt and you could constantly see my red camera my from my phone. And uh but yeah, anyways, I was straight there. So I had great seats. I could Wait, see Were you everything. not wearing a red baseball cap? I was not. I was wearing a black one. See, I was wearing you, this one. You, you just like always need to wear a red baseball. I, killed the I think gimmick. That's, what most, that's what most people are looking for. I think I killed the gimmick. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, like, hey, is that Fred Durst? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and now he looks like grandpa and it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, if I'm wearing a red hat now, I won't even wear it backwards anymore because it's just the Fred Durst comment immediately. And I'm just like, oh, it's over. It's, it's not cool to be called Fred Durst anymore. It is but, always cool to be called uh, Fred Durst. You say so. I read an article where someone was saying new metal's coming back. I was like, really? Because that would be great. Where yeah, is I hope that? So. Hell yeah. That would be awesome. Um, but anyways, I thought match of the night was Takeshita versus Hangman. I thought that was incredible. And I, I, man, when Takeshita came out, like, silence. Nobody knew who he was. And by the time that match was over, like, people loved it, right? So that was really cool to see. Um, and then uh, Ray Phoenix and Kyle O'Reilly, really good match. And the crowd had really gave everything they had to MJF. And I'm starting to think that the MJF thing, the contract, all that is really going to work in his favor because even I am a fan, right? Yeah. But like yeah. the moment his music hit, it's just like, you son of a bitch, you're trying to leave. You know what I mean? And so it's like, even the people that actually like him, are ready to just like rip him to shreds because the ultimate thing that you can do to get heel heat in AEW is to leave AEW to go to the WWE. So the fact that like people are going to hold on to that for 18 months, I think actually will really benefit him when it comes to heel heat because yeah. people were ready to like rip him a new one. Like he, like I looked at Bill during that segment and i'm just like who else can get this type of heat like it was massive yeah yeah i i they could go like kind of the cm punk roh 
champion type route too, if they wanted like where, you know, like when punk was, I mean, he wind up ultimately signing with WWE, but when he won the title, it was like, that was the heel character was that he was going to WWE, but he had the ROH championship. Like yeah. they could do something kind of like that with MJF too, like play off of the fans knowing he's leaving and being like, could he hold this title hostage? Like he's saying that he hasn't resigned with this company and like he's yep. the champion right now. And what, what this is all this? If he keeps retaining the title. So then yep. the story not only becomes who beats the heel, like the ultimate final boss type heel and MJF for the title, not just that, but also who saves the title from getting thrown in a trash can on raw, you know, like, like who saves the company from MJF having that belt hostage. Yep. So um so yeah i think that uh i think that's a there's a really good idea there whether mjf stays or goes to be honest because yeah if you're aew like i know it's a con i know it's competition and i know it's business and i i get all that but i think both companies are in such a good spot right now for what they for what they need to be doing where the wwe is doing their thing is like a worldwide worldwide conglomerate and aew is like steadily growing and like they're so they're such a great show and company for only being around for three years i mean it's completely insane that we're seeing this happen in front of us yep. i don't think it's the end of the world world for like if aw can lose cody and it's the show's just as good as it was while he was there and we talked about it last week i want mjf to be the main heel of aw for the next 10 years i love mjf and i, I want him to yep. stay in the company but if he leaves the aw is going to be just fine like AEW benefits from, and this is a, a problem I have with Impact Wrestling because they don't do this enough. Push the people while you have them, because even yes. if you're upping their, even if you're upping their market value to go somewhere else, you're still helping your own show. Because at some point, like even if MJF is going to leave and you've established him, like, in, okay, he's going to go to the WWE, you have the opportunity to choose who is going to beat him and take that heat. Like, like you, you can manufacture, you just have to be able to build stars, which AEW yeah. has proven they can do in a very short yep. time frame relative to the WWE, you know? So like, I, like and, and impact just doesn't well, it, do it enough. And, and I think and, AEW should do that. And I think impacts being exposed because Ace Austin has gone to new Japan and the super juniors and everybody's raving how great he is. And it's because impact doesn't really show that. And they don't treat him as a main eventer. I would much rather see Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin than Josh Alexander versus Eric Young. Like, we're past that at this point. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of guys in Impact that are like that. I, why not push Mike Speedball Bailey? I understand he doesn't necessarily fit the mold, but do something different. You don't have to do the mold. You don't have to be like the normal wwe going off of size and all that stuff so i i just that's the problem is when i watch impact i'm looking at their card right and i'm like that's a pretty good roster but all these matches kind of suck like they're putting all the ones that shouldn't be feuding and like moving it around like they need to focus more on that's what i love about tony is like he's focused on having bangers like, yeah. it's like, okay, well, this will be a great match and this will be a great match. And and regardless, whatever happens storyline-wise, we're getting great matches out of it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, this is the thing with impact. And for anyone who listens to The Weekender, I talk about this a lot. So I mean, it's not like a broken record, but there are guys that they've had for years in impact, like literally mm-hmm. like three to five years. Some of these guys like Ace Austin, Chris Bay, yeah. Willie yeah. Mack. They have yeah. Speedball Bailey now, uh, Trey Miguel. Like you have you have a guy. They're all right there. Like they're, they've been there for years. And by the end. I think impact is too scared to go all the way with some of these guys because they're like, well, like they're just going to leave if, you know, and it's like, so what? Like build stars, have good shows, have banger matches. And if they leave, do it again with someone else, have somebody beat that guy before they leave. Like that's how it's always been done. Like it isn't, but also look at ring of honor, look at ring of honor, the way that they did things. Well, for sure. And and, and also I think people are way more likely to stay if they're getting pushed. Like, so if, like, so if you're in Ace Austin and it's like, you've been there for three years or whatever, and they've never pushed you to the world title and your contract comes up, you're probably going to bail. Cause like you can go be a star somewhere else. If they're, if he's the world champion for the last year of his contract, he's probably sitting there going, damn, I'm treated pretty well here. They'll probably give me a a raise when I resign. Like I can have great matches and I can be a big fish in a small pond and like, and three years from now, maybe I make that move, but the impact gets another good few years out of, out of that, that talent in their company. Like, I don't, you know, so, but AEW does the opposite. They, they're like very good. Like hangman page being the champion right now, like is a yep. perfect example of it. They built him to where hangman page is on the same level as Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and John Moxley and all these guys. Yep. Um, but he wasn't when AEW started. Um, yep. And so we'll see with MJF. We'll see it. We'll see if, I mean, cause he has got that push like MJF. I see on that same level as those guys too. I think he's a main event dude. Um, but even if he leaves AEW, they should still go through with, with pushing him and, and putting the title on him and doing everything, do everything they were going to do, whether he's going to stay or leave. Cause AEW is going to be just fine with or without him. I think. I also think that Tony, he really needs to calm down on putting too much on one show. Like the stuff is good. But it's it's even like it didn't have to be as long, right? Like the Jericho Appreciation Society with the Bullet Club segment, not Bullet Club, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club yeah. segment, like that could have probably been cut five minutes. Serena Deeb and Dustin could have been a backstage altercation. Then Thunder Rosa comes in for the save. Like you didn't have to have that out in the ring. Well, Serena so doesn't there, need to be doing that to begin with. Like she should be wrestling. Like I agree. Be a good wrestler. Yeah. And if it if she is gonna do that, it needs to be straight to the point because she was like kind of prolonging it and it would looked uncomfortable. Like it didn't yeah. come off well. Because I think right? I think Deeb and Rosa, like that match sells itself just as like this is the best women's match you're gonna see anywhere. Like, yeah, you know, sure. you don't even need any of the storyline stuff to sell it. For sure. And then what we end up getting is an eight minute match between Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole, if that, and then they also have to bring in all the elite and uh, feud with Sting and Darby. And it's just like this crazy mess. And it's like off the air. And, uh, and I, I have a picture that I wanted to share. These bastards keep stealing my stuff. So I don't know if I want to, but Are the people I, I know, I shared, um, I showed, brand in the picture but basically so at the end of the show the uh undisputed elite is celebrating at the titantron like the very top 
Jim Ross gets out of his seat and just walks out while they're celebrating. And it just looks so like he could give a shit. If he'd have just waited till they're done, like, cause he's literally right behind them. If he'd have just waited till they're done, they leave and then he leaves. It's like, okay, that makes sense. But like, Technically, the show isn't over yet because they're still celebrating. And here's old Jim just slowly walking in through the heel entranceway and just walking out because he doesn't like this crap. Like, that's the way it came across. And it's like, oh, I'm just, I just wish somebody that, that was the head, like, announcer guy actually cared enough about the product. Like, he is so there for a money grab and it just pisses me off. Did you see that? Uh, Apparently, he said that he's only there for another like year and yep. a half or something like the that. Countdown the countdown has begun. The countdown has begun, and I'm okay with them keeping him around as like a backstage guy yep. or like a a big match. Uh, Rock Hogan, or sorry, Rock uh, Rock Austin type sit down interview type thing. Like, like he can sell the place in AEW, but yeah, they uh, especially because you know there's a lot of really great like indie commentators and stuff out there there's people that would like could really add to AEW's commentary and AEW, i think yep. has really good commentary for what it's worth um i think it's different i think excalibur is really underrated yeah yeah for what he brings to the table like yep he's really the glue that's like really yeah as far as especially with the people's like indie careers and his knowledge of all that stuff and the, the different moves from the different countries and all that stuff he's yeah he's him, and I've always liked Tony Schiavone because it's like the voice of my childhood being like WCW fan, you know. But what, so I love JR about, kind of, but what I love about Tony is he loves the product. You can tell. Yeah. Like Tony loves being a part of it. I mean, Jim Ross is just kind of like, uh, like, I really feel like he's very much like Jim Cornette sitting in that chair. Like he does not like this stuff, but he has to. He, he'll get into some of it, like an MJF CM Punk feud or something that has some real substance that he can call that isn't too fast or isn't all over the place, then he'll he'll deal with it. But like it just it just disgusts me like how much he is a part of the show and how much he just doesn't care. That it's like whatever. But I don't know who would replace him. Like, who would be one of your top people that you'd want to replace Jim Ross with? Well, hold on. Before I answer that, what, what were you getting at with the pic? You said, like, someone took your pictures? I was about my Tony Khan and Samoa Joe pictures. Like, I posted that, and everybody ran with it. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. Y'all bastards. That happened That's last time, stuff. too. I remember, like, there was some sort of picture you took that was, like, really good on, like, the entrance ramp or something. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, all the yeah. websites found appeasing. It was the it was the Tony Khan Samoa Joe. I was like, find someone that loves you as much as Tony oh, Khan right, loves right, Samoa right, right. Joe, and then yeah. they just all took it. So I'm like, whatever. You don't even give me my credit. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see Maro, and listen, I like Maro. I've you know been a big Pride fan. I've definitely heard Maro for like 20 years, but Maro also has his his issues, and I I don't know how reliable he would be with AEW and it's not like it's just show up at a boxing event or an MMA event here or there. It's like every week. So that would be my only concern. But like, if he, if he can do it, I mean, I think he's great. Do you think though that that's too much NXT? Like, do you think that he is somewhat of a voice of NXT or do you think that he's already just established enough that it wouldn't matter? 
I think he's established enough it wouldn't matter. But I, I don't I, I don't think you'd get him every week though. Like it's it kind of been proven with Morrow. Like I I don't mean this as a dig to the guy. I'm a I'm a fan of his. I, I love Morrow and oh, I'll, me and, too. And, and, and I know you I know you are. And for those of you who haven't seen it, watch uh Bipolar Rock and Roller. I think it was on Showtime, right? That documentary. Yeah. Where Showtime. like that that'll give you like for anybody who like that'll give that'll give you a lot of insight into like Morrow and like kind of the why he is the way that he is and like kind of his some of his career decisions and stuff. I, I think it's a really 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 good documentary. Um, but I, I like Morrow, but I, I for me for Morrow he's more of just like a big match guy for me. Like bring him in if you want a lot of excitement. Maybe even for like Ring of Honor, like Ring of Honor matches him and Rick Bonnie yeah. doing stuff or something. You know, like like bring him in to be the really excited but but knowledgeable fan um if it was up to me and this is like this wouldn't happen but if i get my pick of like who i think would be the best voice for it and bring a mix of like what i like and like the new school like what's what's on the come up but also with like deep knowledge of the past from wrestling it'd be mlj I like, knew you were gonna yeah. say that. But, but wouldn't he be saying, perfect for a show? It's like better. This. It's better than Kevin Gill. I'll give well, you that. Kevin Gill. One also, uh, Dave Prezak would be another really good one. Dave uh, Prezak yeah. is one that I think would be cool for Ring of Honor, just as yeah. like a throwback. Like, I think that would be dope. I'm not sure about Ian. Like he, he's kind of hit or miss for me. Um, I I don't think he's bad, but I don't. I will say this: I think he would have far more passion than Jim Ross. That's for sure. But I don't I don't know if he's like on the top of my list. I would love Nigel. Nigel would be great. Um interesting. Interesting. But anyways, good show. I thought, like I said, Takeshka was like he dude, he reminds me of a mix of Okada and Omega at and he's 26 years old. Like, I don't know what AEW does with him because I don't really know how far you can push him in the u.s but man is he talented man is he good yeah i think i saw it didn't Meltzer give that match like almost five stars or something like that four and a half four and a half half. i mean they deserve it i mean i also i don't know if you heard but on wrestle observer radio they said that like he called his family after that match and said like this is why i do pro wrestling and he like viewed that as like his career highlight so i saw him tweet that yeah I'm kind of amazed too because I feel like Hangman was never that guy that would have these great, great matches. Like, not not saying now, but like when he was in the Bullet Club, for example, extremely talented, very good, could see the potential. But if you told me like how many great Hangman matches from the Ring of Honor to new japan type era of hangman's career how many of those were like five-star classics i couldn't give you a ton right but man when he has won this title and i think he's part of probably the greatest AEW match in history which is him and omega versus the bucks revolution like everyone wants to talk about how his title reign hasn't been very good but i think it's been awesome and I think it's done nothing but to put him over because he has had great matches with Brian Danielson, great match with Lance Archer, great match with uh, Takeshita. Um, 
basically anybody he's in there right now with he's having great matches and i expect no different than with cm punk like i think that i think hangman's definitely done a great job yeah i think he's been a great champion too and i think this is the kind of title run that like because with hangman his his rise to the title was the culmination of a multi-year long story between him, himself and omega and the elite and and even the creation of the company declaring he wanted to be the world champion, their first ever press conference and stuff. Like that was a long term with the, the alcohol, alcoholism and the, the dark order. And I mean, it was like, there was so much involved in getting the title onto hangman, but I think just as importantly as winning the title, it was for him to, to have this type of run with the title, because I think every single match he's had with that championship has been a banger, every single one. Like, yep. and he's staying creative. And he's also, for a move that's kind of limiting, like uh, like the buckshot lariat, where it takes like a real specific setup and you need the ropes yeah. and stuff. He's figured out ways in certain situations to hit it, like really innovatively, like off the back of like a referee and like, yeah. you know, through the ropes a different way and stuff to the outside. And like, it's, he's, he's really showing a lot as the champion. And he's holding, in my opinion, the most prestigious title belt in, in all of professional wrestling. And he's doing it in the company that has the deepest roster by far, in my opinion, of, of, of top, top tier in-ring talent. So he's the representative of the workhorse pro wrestling company. And so he's got it like, that's that's the thing with AEW is like you you just got to deliver when you're in the when you're in these kind of spots because you're yeah because if Hangman wasn't working out a couple months in like I think Tony would commit to it because they committed to that store to that long term story but like if, if he goes out there and it's like just okay a few times that's real hard to not be like CM Punk Brian Danielson Adam Cole like so on and so forth it's like we that, got we have all these other one. options that's another one I forgot to mention his matches with Adam Cole. Both have been really yeah, good. Really so, good. I mean, he's so, killing it. So at the end of the day, like I think the main goal of Hangman Page winning this championship and having this run was what I was saying earlier. What this has already worked on me is I, you know, it's to get the perception of the audience to to say the tippy top level of AEW. Hangman's in that. Like Hangman, Punk, yeah. Danielson, Omega, you know like those, those mostly like those, those level of guys like hangman is in that mjf yep. is in that for me as well but i know some right. people might not agree with that but i i put him there um darby's pretty damn close especially with the way that they built him like yeah. there there's some guys that are right there but hangman like he was a worthy champion and he had a hell of a title run and i feel like that title runs coming to an end at double or nothing which we're gonna yep. talk about in a second but i did see a super chat from earlier that i don't want to miss real quick yeah. This was AEW related, and um, it's King Bling Blah. Thank you very much for the super chat, King Bling Blah. Um, the question, and by the way, I have your name down for a potential entry for Wrestle Rumble later tonight. Um, yeah. It says, "What are the odds Tony Khan buys WWE one for sale?" If I'm putting a percentage on it, mm, like realistically, I'll I, I'd say I probably give pretty liberal, like pretty pretty high odds on this. I'm gonna go. Uh, are you are you going like zero percent, Doug? Do you think it's no. like impossible? I I think it's like thirty percent possible. I was thinking twenty. So I mean, we're yeah. not we're not too far. Off. I think that he would be more interested in purchasing their library. 
Yeah. Because then he would own basically like all the, the history of history. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he can and then he can just do what he wants with his actual product. Because I was kind of talking to this with my brother, and it's like the failure in like Star Wars, for example, is you're having fans take something that isn't theirs, that wasn't their creation, and putting their own thoughts, their own beliefs, and making it what they want it to be. And that would be what Tony would do with WWE. Like WWE is its own thing, but instead he took what he loved about pro wrestling from other companies, what he loved about WWE or whatever, and then made his own. That is what I'm asking for, is leave the original products alone and make it your own, right? Now, Ring of Honor is a little bit of a different thing because it never reached the heights and it, it was going out of business, right? But I'm just saying hypothetically, like, I think there's a big thing right now where corporations are buying these IPs and they're just injecting whatever they want these IPs to be, but they're not being true to the IP itself. And if you're not going to be true to the IP, then create your own do your own thing, but you can take bits and pieces from stuff, but at the end of the day, do your own thing. And that's what I think Tony Khan, because I, I don't like, imagine he finally gets AEW off the ground to a point to where it's really successful. Right. And then it's just going to be like, okay, we're well, never mind. We're moving on. We bought the WWE and now AEW is going to be called WWE. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you would do that. It'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, also we talked about it the other week. I mean, at some point, Shad Khan's money is going to become Tony Khan's money. Um, so like Tony Khan's going to be like, he's going to be a multi-billionaire um, between like the business ventures and his father's inheritance one day and stuff. I mean, and like, I mean, he could sell off the sports teams if he wanted to and just focus on pro wrestling if that's what he wanted to do. And I mean, he's so I, you know, does he have the kind of money that like, disney has of course not but like you i still think he has enough money to where if wwe was wanting to sell and they took all their emotion out of it which clearly the emotion is already out of it and we're going to talk about like stephanie and shane and nick Khan and all this stuff because this is a big part of it like and vince alluded to that in his mcafee interview where he was like this thing's gonna keep moving the way i want it to move whether my family's involved or not I don't think, you know, I think there would be part of him that would be like, he wouldn't do it because he'd feel like he was selling to his competition and not to like just some larger entity like a Disney or something like that. But, but at the same time, if his numbers, his number and like Tony Khan has proven that he can run a successful wrestling company, there's really nobody else on earth that'd probably be a better successor if you wanted to take the money and get out of it if you're Vince. Yeah. Um, so, so I think there's a chance or, or Tony Khan could obviously get in with the larger company. Like Tony Khan right. could get in with like a Disney or, or a, a big company like that and be like, Hey, can I be the president of, of WWE? You know what I mean? If, when you buy this, like I can run it. I can't prove that I have the proven track record with, with AEW kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it's possible he might get involved in that. I mean, we're talking long-term. I'm, ta- I'm not talking like a couple of years. I think WWE will potentially sell to maybe Disney or something in a couple of years. But if someone like Tony Khan's going to get involved in something like that, I think it's going to be like much farther down the line, like, you know, years and years from now. 
So. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. We just don't know what's going to happen five years from now. And, and so much could change roster-wise stuff. Because what to me, what's interesting is, is when a lot of the old guys are now moved on, and then who's done a better job of establishing the young guys? Now, granted, you would immediately say AEW because they're building stars, right? But it doesn't mean those stars haven't jumped ship to WWE at this point. And so what who's gonna have the the bigger stars and, and who's all stayed, who left, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. Plus, one thing that I think people need to understand too, and I'm not waiting for this day to happen or anything, but the day that Tony Khan's dad passes away, I mean, he's getting like probably more than half of the money. So, I mean, the guy is going to have a ridiculous amount of money. And not just that, he already has a lot of money. Like, it's not like he's just, like, only living off of his dad. Like, he has his own jobs. He makes money. Like, he's he's doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. And we got another super chat here. Thank yes. you very much to uh, the Mystery86. Mystery. Yep. Um, yep. I'm going to jot that down. Y-S-T-E-R. RE uh, 86. The more we'll give you two shots at an entry because that's basically ten dollars. So thank you very yeah. much for that. Um, the question is: Do you feel that women's wrestling has become more about the appearance of the wrestler than their abilities? Yes or no, and why? I mean, I, I think it's been the actually the opposite of that. I think in most cases, it's like the in-ring talent is being highlighted more than the appearance. Um, but when it comes to WWE, that might be a little bit a little bit different. But I also think that a lot of their top tier women are like really physically attractive also. So it's, yes, you know what I mean? Like, so, well, Sasha is a, it's a whole other thing, but like, yeah, Charlotte and, and, uh, um, Bianca Belair and, you know, Becky and so, I mean, they have a, a lot of attractive women that are also really good in the ring. But when you look at like the Indies, for instance, I think it's like way more about like ability than it is about like, they're not out there like wearing like a ton of makeup, a lot of them and stuff. Like it's more about just having good matches. So. I just think it just depends, right? I do think, though, that women that are going to get really over, right, are more likely attractive, just being honest. Like Britt Baker, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, even Bailey. Like, I think when you are both, that is when you become a big superstar, when it's just based on ability, I think it's more so your Serena Deebs, your more so Ruby Soho's, your stuff like that. Um, and then I think they have to work somewhat hard. Thunder Rose is an interesting one because I wouldn't say she's unattractive by any means, but just she's really good in the ring, and that's really what her bread and butter is on a lot of these things. So it just depends. But so example like uh, Roxy who went to NXT, um, she's kind of the total package. She can wrestle, she's attractive, she's young, and I think that they're looking for that right now in the WWE. I, personally, I think they're looking for very attractive women in the WWE for the future. Like, that seems like what they're going for. Um, but I don't think it's a must. And I don't think that you have to be to be the champion, but I will say, I think that like, for example, if Paige really gets it to the point to where she becomes champion, 
I think that she will be a big star. I think Britt is a big star because of her personality and her looks. I, I, I just think one thing I do find kind of interesting, though, and I've heard this before, it's like, do women lose some of their sex appeal based on how good of a wrestler they are? Because before, as we grew up, they were valets, right? They were just like managers and they were like extremely hot and they dressed hot. And now they're more of like an athlete and they dress. And I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I'm just saying this is kind of like the evolution of wrestling. And I'm just curious of like, do you think that there still is a Miss Elizabeth role out there? Do you think that there are just some people like Alana, right? Who wasn't really the best wrestler, but she was a good manager for Rusev. Like she did help get him over and stuff. I just think that there can be both. And I, I do think, though, that sometimes some of these women are forced to be wrestlers when that's really not the best thing for them because they are brand new into this thing and they are just learning. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, because I also, like, for instance, um, like uh, Peyton Royce and uh, Billy Kay, the iconics in the WWE. Um, I was never that into them, like in the ring. I, I just wasn't, I just didn't think that totally. they were very good. Um, I totally. think Peyton was better than Billy. And I was always like, well, but them as managers though, like I see the the money in something like this. Cause like they're yep. good on the microphone. They get over, yep. like they have their pose. Like they, 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 there's a place for them on the show that doesn't have to be in the ring. And so I, so I do, I do understand what you're saying with that. Like, I, I think that that, and I think that that's true. Like, I don't, like, I think that there definitely is a place for a Miss Elizabeth uh, type yeah. role in wrestling. I, I definitely believe that. Um, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth is still like one of the, the best pairings, I think, ever in wrestling history. And Miss Elizabeth didn't really have to do anything other than be like in peril. Like, and Randy would just like kind of save her from wherever it was like going after her or whatever. I mean, but she what worked about that is like she was so pure and innocent, and Randy wasn't. But yet they were like such opposites, but it worked because he was so protective over her and it made you protective over her, right? Because she's just such a nice person and 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 that's what made the her death such a crazy, like Elizabeth doing coke? Like, what are we talking about? Like, you that's know, you, something you would never think of on Lex Luger's floor? No, like, I know. I, well, so you know? I, I grew up in Atlanta and this happened in Atlanta. So I remember that being on like local radio, like them, mm -hmm. like them, like that's how I found out that Lex Luger or that uh, Miss Elizabeth had passed away was like listening to the radio, like driving home from school or something. And it being like, right. and it being like, wait, Miss Elizabeth died from taking pills with Lex Luger? Like You're what? Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I was still still a shot i mean good for lex though like nowadays like he's really turned around like his whole i mean it's sad physically of course but yeah. like but it's i mean i mean i'm not even a religious, a religious person but like i'd rather see a guy doing that than the position he was in in the story like with elizabeth i mean that's just yeah that's just the worst so yeah i i think that uh but no i'm with you i you know i because another thing is, you know, I think there's like definitely a role for like a Malcolm Bivens, right? Like there's like there's yeah, roles sure. still for just good managers, regardless regardless of gender. And I and I think that that's a good point you brought up actually about the 
you know, the idea that in the WWE, they're taking some of these women that really, and this isn't to, to be like degrading or anything like that. It's just like, they, they really aren't wrestlers. They're really right. entertainers. Just yes. like a lot of these wrestlers, these pro wrestlers that sign with the WWE aren't actors, but like yep. they're made to be actors. It's the same kind of concept where like, they're not playing to the, the strengths of the talents. Like you could be a part of the show and not be an in-ring wrestler. I think it's smart to know how to take some bumps and stuff because then you can always like get heat to where, you know, you get your come up eventually by getting knocked over every now and then or something. But you don't have to be, you don't have to be a, a great in-ring worker to, to, to be a really valuable part of the show. Look at Paul Heyman. Yeah. The guy's never wrestled a match in his life. And he's, you know, one of the most valuable people in the company from like an in, an on-screen standpoint. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'd like another one for me is like the Bellas. I don't think they needed to be wrestlers, but I think that they, they really like work for the gimmick. Like you're not going to see twins like that. And I think it definitely helps Cena and, uh, Daniel Bryan, um, because it was just like, it just added more to them. Right. Like, and I think that that part helps. And I just, like I said, I don't necessarily agree of forcing it just because that's what you're supposed to do. Like there should be so many different options for talent. So it, it's a good question. Um, my, my my position stands that if, if a woman is attractive, she probably is going to be more marketable. That's just realistic. But I do think if there's an extremely talented woman that's really great in the ring that might not be that attractive, she still can make up for that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's just probably how they would – and especially I think in WWE, that's definitely how they view things. But like I said, I think – I think Britt was the perfect thing for AEW because she is like the total package. And it was like they didn't have a lot of a Britt Baker type. And I think that we're getting closer to that now as some of the roster has expanded. Yeah, good super chat. I, I made sure to uh, to put you down uh, the mystery. You're down two times. At the end of the show, we're going to pick a name off of this list for a free Wrestle Rumble entry. So make sure to say it till the end of the show, everybody, uh, for – the winner of that because i'm gonna need to make sure to get your uh your contact info or at least your twitter to be able to get you an email this weekend for your free entry at wrestlerumble.com and guys if you haven't please smash that like button it helps out with the algorithm and if you have any questions if you want to give your predictions whatever uh send in a super chat we'll leave it uh on the screen so everyone can see and we'll uh give you our thoughts but let's go ahead and get in the double or nothing card um I'm excited about this pay-per-view. I will say this, though. This one feels like, to me, more of thrown together than really built overall card-wise. There's been hints and stuff, but um, it feels kind of rushed. And I think one of the things that's throwing Tony off is just the Forbidden Doors next month. And we're not used to having that type of pay-per-view um, right after another one i mean that's gonna feel weird for me like to have a AEW pay-per-view and then a month later we have another one like that has not happened so i'm excited about it but it's definitely a little bit different and i'm very curious as to how dynamite is going to be handled is like the forbidden door just going to be matches that are announced and dynamite goes on with its normal business or does like new japan and all that get thrown into the buildup to get to the forbidden door because basically it's already sold out. So really now you're just trying to sell pay-per-view. 
But to me, if you're going to sell pay-per-view, you got to you got to put some of that on TV to get it, get it going. So yeah, I'm sure I, I'd imagine that some of these guys will pop up on on AEW TV and vice versa. We probably see some AEW guys popping up on New Japan over the next month. And there's already been overlap. I mean, like Moxley and Kingston and stuff have been wrestling there. Um, but uh. But yeah, I I mean I, I'm definitely excited for that. I, I love the four pay per view uh, setup that AEW has, but I mean if you're gonna give me a random super show with both these companies, like yeah, I'm all for it. Like I don't care when you do it. It's really four pay per views, but they really do view some of these dynamites as pay per view. Like basically yes. any like the spring break, the fight. Well, that's for the GCW, fall. but yeah, I know what you mean. R- r- you know what I mean? Uh, what was the one? Fight spring for the fallen. But what was the one that was oh, Cody oh, so, and Sammy? Oh, beach break. Beach break. That's what I meant. Beach break. And then they're going to do the Grand Slam again at Arthur Ashe. Like, that seems like that's going to be a yearly thing. So that's fantastic. So it's really, yes, for pay-per-views, but they really take some of these dynamites like pay-per-views. Yeah, well, what I, I definitely agree. I think it's awesome. They pretty much give us free pay-per-view every couple months. But the um, my point is more so the paying like 50 bucks for pay-per-view. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, like, I like only paying that four times a year instead of like every single I'm with month. You there. But, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, but I'm willing to pay that $50 another time a year to get a super show like this. Um, I'm with you there. Um, let's just, do you have the card pulled up? Yeah, I got the card. I know we got some more super chats too. We will address those um, here yeah. in a minute, y'all, because I know they're, they're not on the AEW topic, but we will absolutely get to those. So, yeah, uh, we will not forget y'all. Um, as far as the card goes, pre-show we got Hook Hookhausen, uh, Hook and Danhausen taking uh-huh. on Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nese in a tag team match. It looks like that's going to be on the pre-show. I mean, I love Hookhausen. I mean, how could I not? I mean, it's it's Hook and Danhausen. So, um, I'm imagining Hookhausen wins, and it's all Hook. Uh, like yeah. you know, Danhausen's going to think he's like cursing people, but really Hook's the one like throwing them around and stuff, and. I mean, it's pretty obvious. And they'll probably just destroy a smart mark, you know? Yeah, definitely. So. Um, what's funny is, is I left right after the match of Rampage ended because I wanted to get home. Like, I still have to drive in basically almost an hour to get to the Woodlands, and then I have to drive an hour home, basically. So it was a long night, and I, I just wanted to get home. And then I found out later on that, like, Hook and Danhausen and CM Punk came in to like beat up the ass boys or whatever. So I wasn't too bummed about missing that. I'm okay. So yeah, um, I think this is just basically to highlight Hookhausen and the crowd to have fun with it. And I wouldn't take it too serious. And yeah, that's it. They're going to uh, win. Yeah. Yeah. I got Hookhausen as well. And shout out to Mark Sterling for the, uh, the BTE commercials he's been doing the last few weeks have been really funny. Like the better call Saul style, like lawyer videos he's been doing. Um, I know we're both big fans through the major wrestling figure podcast. We know about him for yeah. a while, but it's yeah. cool that I think he's, I think he's killing it with AEW between the, the knee stuff. And if you and think, if you think that guy's, if you think that guy sucks, like that guy helped train MJF. He helped train Chris Statlander. He helped train um, Max Caster. Yep, the dude from the Acclaim. Like they've they've really contributed to the wrestling business. So, anyways, big time, big time. What we got um, for next? Speaking of Smart Mark, we got Jade Cargill defending the TBS title against Anna Jay. 
Um, Doug, uh, we'll, we'll switch off. Doug, who do you think wins this one? You think Jade keeps the streak going? I, I definitely think Jade is going to win this. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think it's going to be a good match, though. Like, I like Anna Jay a lot. So, um, and she's also still like learning on the job. She's kind of in, the, in a similar position to kind of how Jade is with just like most of her career we we have seen in front of us on AEW TV. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think Anna Jay is a future, a future TBS champion, but not, not yet. Um, Jade, what did Jade you, I, I'm going to tell you this too, live, like Jade gets a reaction. Oh, I know. Jade, Jade definitely gets a reaction. So it's not just like forceful pushing. And now she does the Coney, the Tony cut the shit. Like that gets a huge pop every time she does it. Like she's, she's getting over. Yes. Um, yeah. in Atlanta as well, when she, when she did her entrance, she got one of the top three biggest pops that whole night. And like one of them was like Danielson, like, you know, and he was still like pretty fresh and new into the company. Like it was like, you know, Jade was up there with like those kind of pops in, in Atlanta that night. So I, I, I'm all, and people who, like I, I've talked about it plenty, but like I, I ran into her that one time, like at Walmart pretty much. And like, she was cool as hell for like that couple minutes I talked to her and like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm team Jade hundred percent. Um, The next match we got is uh, Kyle O'Reilly or Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole in the finals of the Owen Hart. Um, that's go- that's going into the dynamite. So whoever we think is going to win, um, I think it's going to be Joe and Cole. What yeah. do you think? I think that I think it will be too because I don't like I don't think that it's like I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm always on for Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Um, and I feel like by they the can way. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see Kyle O'Reilly sign for five years? Yeah, and good for him. Smart That's signing. crazy. Smart five signing. years. Not, not saying term. it's bad, but like that's that's kind of what these some of these new contracts are five years. So that that's a commitment. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome because that to me makes it feel like Tony has long term plans for him, like as a singles guy, probably down the right. line, which you've we've seen teases of here throughout this tournament, which I think has been great. Uh, I mean, I want to see Culver O'Reilly. And I'm surprised that, I mean, because there's also time, I guess, for like Satnam Singh and, and uh, Sanjay Dutt and stuff to like screw over Samoa Joe by before the pay per view, right? Because mm-hmm. like Samoa, mm-hmm. that like that, that's still going on. Um, but, I don't think they're doing that on pay per view though. It sure doesn't seem like it. Yeah, and this, you're right. This is this is what's interesting, right? Let's just say because. Because I'm very puzzled of who the number one contender would be if CM Punk won. And let's just say if the winner of the Owen gets a title shot, what if it's Mm. Joe? Mm. What if it's Joe and then you get Joe versus Punk? Like, that is a classic banger that would everybody would love to revisit that I think would be a smart idea to put on like a big dynamite for a title. Well, because even, even if Joe won and, uh, and Paige retained like Hangman versus Samoa Joe, we've never seen too. I mean, like that's another, that's so, but then again, I mean, if they went all the way with Kyle O'Reilly, Oh my God, that's like making my, my dreams come true over here. Tony Khan. I'll tell you this. Kyle did not get a big reaction at all. Like it was pretty, pretty dead. But like I said, I think a lot of it had to do with MJF really killing the crowd. But 
um, people were definitely happy with the match that Kyle put out. But I think that they would have to do some work to get Kyle because I feel like Kyle, you know, it's funny because in NXT towards the end, they were making Kyle to be the guy. And then when Cole bounced, it was like this cool Kyle crap. And then they just kind of went away with it. And like, if AEW wants to do that, because right now I feel like Kyle is that NXT sidekick guy right now. And so I don't know how they want to build that up. And I don't know if you really want to revisit that. Now, I do think Cole and CM Punk is very cool, but I don't know about Cole and Hangman again. And in my problem with Cole being the winner, which I'm fine with, as long as it doesn't have him get another title shot and lose. Like at some point, Cole's got to win. So um, that's why I'm picking Joe. I think it's going to be Joe. Joe's going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to take Joe also. I mean, either Joe or, or O'Reilly is going to win the whole thing. Like, Adam Cole is not going to win this tournament, I don't think. Because they've... Okay. They've, I, I, don't, I think Adam Cole, they've already... I mean, he's going to stay towards the top. But, like, I... It's like he just had two title shots, like, real recently. I just don't... I just don't see it. But, hey, may, maybe... I mean, I love Adam Cole. Here's a, here's a good thing. I'm a fan of all three of these guys. So, like, yeah. this is a win-win-win situation. The, tur- the tournament has been great. It's yes. been absolutely great. So it's also the layer, you know, Kyle O'Reilly being Canadian. I think like that's kind of maybe a little thing helping him a little bit with the being the Owen tournament. There's a little bit of connection there. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm gonna go Samoa Joe winning the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. but my heart is Kyle O'Reilly winning this whole thing. I mean, that's what I really want to see. Mm-hmm. Um after that, we have the winner of Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. Has that match happened already? Was that on Rampage? Nope. nope. Dynamite this week. Dynamite this week. Okay. So Tony Storm so you, or Rick Baker. You get both basically the semifinals tomorrow. Okay. That's right. Because they're doing uh, Soho versus Statlander also. Yes. So on I'm Rampage gonna... because they're not good enough to be on Dynamite. That's what Tony is telling us. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to. I'm going to say that the match winds up being Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. What do you think? I think it's going to be Tony Storm versus Ruby. And the only thing that I'm torn about is having Britt completely off the pay-per-view. But I think we've seen Britt and Ruby. I mean, we could definitely see a rematch. And I think that that's probably more likely. But I just think it would be smart to put over Tony. And then you would pretty much be okay with either of the win winning. I feel like if Britt gets in there, it's like almost so obvious that it would probably be Ruby. And I feel like if Tony gets in there, then it would be like, it could be either Tony or Ruby. Like it feels like either one is as a 50, 50 shot. Yeah. It's a hard one to call. Cause honestly, personally, I like Chris Tatlander the best of all four, but I just feel like she's the one that's like getting the least, Highlight. Yes. I know. I, I know. I know that she's making like the gimmick change, kind of transitioning out of being an alien. But I mean, I would. I would. I would. Tough. I, I would. I, I mean, you gotta. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, but I mean, so I. I. It's similar to the Kyle O'Reilly type situation that I've got in the in the men's tournament. Like I like. I like this idea. Jamie screws Brit. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and then you could go with the Jamie Hater and Brit feud, which I, I would like. Man, 
it's like the Kyle thing. My heart's with Kyle. I want Kyle to win the whole thing. I want Chris Statlander to win the whole thing. I think she would benefit massively for winning this. Um, and I think she has the talent to be one of the top tier women in the company, like on like a consistent level. But I kind of feel like Ruby Soho is going to win the entire tournament for some reason. I have this gut yeah. feeling about it. Yeah, I think Ruby's going to win. But I think it's going to be her and Tony. That's what I'm going with. Okay. So we both got Ruby, though, probably winning the whole thing, which I might change my mind before I do Wrestle Rumble. I don't know. I don't know if I'll stick to these picks or not, all of these. But uh, right. we have some time, though, because we got to figure out who the match is going to be. That's the thing. Dynamite. We got to kind of watch Dynamite and see how that they were pushed, how it came across. Did they look strong going into the match? Like, But from today, this is what we're thinking. Because let me put it this way. I think if Kyle O'Reilly beats Samoa Joe, he's beating Adam Cole also. Like, I think... Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. but if Samoa Joe beats Kyle O'Reilly, I think Samoa Joe will beat Adam Cole. So, anyways, um, the next match Thunder Rosa defending the AW Women's Championship against Serena Deeb. Talked about a little bit earlier with uh, not the strongest build, but you really shouldn't even need build because this is, in my opinion, these are the two best women in the ring that AEW has. Uh, just my own opinion. Um, give me your prediction first, and then I'll give you mine. I think Thunder Rose is going to win, but I think it's going to be a good match. And I think that they'll both be booked pretty strong, but Thunder's going to find a way to win. But I do think, though, that this is the type of match that doesn't need a ton of buildup. And that just, I think it's pretty cool that Serena and CM Punk are both, you know, in the main events for their divisions uh, on the same pay per view. I think that's a pretty cool thing that they did. And honestly, I didn't think that AEW would necessarily give Serena the shot. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, I think she deserves it. I'm not saying that. I just didn't know if they would just, like, keep her. Like, you're the one that feuds with Sheeta. You're the one that kind of is on the undercard. They put her to the title. So, the props to them for that. Let's also, let's not forget that both of these women started out as NWA contracted talents. Like, that were just doing, like crossover matches in AEW for a minute and then eventually signed with the company. But like NWA had both of these women for a minute. And like, that's just how little buzz NWA has unfortunately is they've yeah. had a lot of really good talent go through there in recent years. It's just, it gets mixed in with having to see Tyrus, you know, heart punching people and stuff. Um, but I'm going to say that Thunder Rosa retains but it's another one where my heart is with Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb is my favorite woman in AEW. Like I say, I talk about all the time. I, I love Serena Deeb in the ring and it's Thunder Rosa as well. I mean, I can't give the two of these, these women enough credit. I, I think they're both fantastic, but uh, I just, I love, I just love Serena Deeb's in ring style. Um, and I, yeah. I would like to see her win the title, but I, I can't go against Thunder Rosa. She's, she, she hasn't had the title long enough. She's, she's got to hold on to it. And, and yeah. once again, I have no problem with this. I think Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa is great. Like I, but you know, someone's got to lose this match, and I'm, I'm going to go Thunder Rosa winning and retaining. Yeah. Um. After that, we have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage, who, for some reason, is still hanging out with Jurassic he's the, Express. He, and, he's the Marco stunt. Like that was that was yeah. the upgrade. Marco stunt transformed into Christian. Yeah. Um, and Christian's doing promos about being the tag team champions and stuff. I'm yeah. Like, really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I yeah. Agree. And then um, like Swerve dissed Ricky Starks 
And then like Christian had to go in and diss Ricky Starks and it just came across as like lame. Like you look like you've been playing golf with my grandpa or whatever. And it was like, yeah, your joke was not very good. And Swerve's was way better. So Christian's like old now. So yes, it it, it came across like out of touch. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, if, for a minute but like if 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 they don't turn christian heel soon it's gonna get real goofy <laughs> like listening yeah. to this like I, I feel like part of it has to be because he's turning soon it's just like okay let's get all the cheesy jokes out he's, there and he's got to be turning like he's shown all the signs like it, yeah. it but for me the complete turn is because they lost the titles they lose the titles and then that's when christian's off the bandwagon because now you guys are losers basically yeah i could i can see that i think that makes sense um so it's gonna be so who wins it well so it's gonna be jurassic express versus team taz the combo of ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs and the tag team of keith lee and swerve strickland i think it was really smart putting swerve and keith lee together as a tag team because this way they don't get lost in the mix with like yeah their aw roster i think this is really a really smart pairing both, both fan favorites too Yep, both fan favorites. And with Team Taz, like Ricky Starks kind of has his own thing with the FDW belt. But this way, you get both guys on the pay-per-view. And with all these other tag team matches that tag team wrestlers that we're going to be talking about, multi-man matches and stuff going on in the show, it's this was, I think, a really smart way of getting Starks, Hobbs, Swerve, and Keith Lee on to this show. Um, and we've never seen these teams challenge for the tag title, so it's something new as well. So I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Jurassic Express to retain again here. Um, I just feel like they're going to lose the titles to a team that's a bit more established, not a team that's a bit more almost like thrown together right now. Um, that's just yeah. my personal opinion. But I I mean, I, I like everyone involved in this match. Once again. Every single match on this show, like I'm okay with either after because like I like everybody yeah. on this. So, but I'm going to say Jurassic for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm going to say Jurassic Express retains though. What about you? I think they're going to lose and I think they're going to lose to Starks and Hobbs. That's that's my pick. I think the Keith Lee and Swerve are too new. Starks and Hobbs have really put in their time. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like it, it's their time to shine. And and I, I really like Starks and Hobbs together. They've kind of been through it. Like Brian Cage left the group, but they've always stuck together. Even Hook's not really with them anymore. But those two have stuck together. And I think that uh, – they can have more entertaining segments and things with given more TV time. And I think that they're both capable of having really good matches. So yeah, I'm going to go Starks and Hobbs. Okay. I like the pick. Do you think Ricky needs to drop that FTW title or is it so like in the background anyway, that it just like, doesn't really matter who has that really at the end of the day. I think it's such a singular title that it only really is defended every now and then that he really doesn't have to worry about that. He just, you know, whenever there's a challenger that shows up, but it more just makes them look more dominant because now he has two belts, you know? Um, But it'd be interesting because my opinion is after this, it's gotta be FTR. Like there is no other it's FTR or nothing because they are the most over tag team you have. I don't like that they're not on this pay-per-view. Um, I don't. I feel like that they've lost some momentum when they were getting a ton of momentum. So hopefully, as soon as this pay-per-view is over, it's it's FTR 
going right for those titles. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because honestly, when I think about AEW, I kind of consider them to be the like they're the champions kind of in my Agreed. mind anyways because of all the other Agreed. titles they hold. Or and and if somebody were to ask me who's the best tied team in AEW, I'd say the Young Bucks. That's just me personally. Yep. But like yep. those are the two teams that still come to mind are Young Bucks and FTR. Yep. Um but it's good that they're establishing new teams. I mean that's they're these are all good things. And so, yeah. here's a quick question too because we've run into this with Sammy Guevara and um Scorpio Sky and I definitely want to talk about that but what what do you how long do you think an AEW title reign needs to be it depends on the belt because i think the TNT title they they can get away with hot potatoing it i think to a degree but like the world title i think like there like there should pretty unless except for like very rare circumstance that like makes it a rare circumstance i think that uh like i like the long title runs so I, I like them, but I also – here's my thing. So say that Starks and Hobbs wins the belts. FTR is a bigger tag team than they are. Does that mean that Hobbs and Starks just have the belts for six months just because? Or even if it's just for a month and FTR wins, is that okay? I'm Yeah, I'm okay with that, especially because of like – who we're talking about too, like FTR, especially if they're carrying around like the triple a titles and the ring of honor titles and stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, they can beat any team at any time. Um, and that's what I think they're kind of establishing with the TNT title. I know that not everyone likes this and I'm on the fence about it too, to be fair, but like yeah. it's, they've established that like, this is the kind of belt that it doesn't matter. Like you can't, you can't have that in mind. You can't be like, what's the long-term play with this? Cause it could literally bounce from person to person week to week, or that person might have the belt for six months. Like you just, it's a complete wild. I, I, I think, I think what's hurt it most is it hot potato to the same person back and forth. I think if it would have went to one person to one person to the next, and then they, let's say had a title reign, I don't think it would bother people as much, but it's just like back and forth between two questionable guys right now that aren't necessarily the most over and for some for their own doing some for not. So it's, it's weird right now with that belt when it used to have a lot of prestige and uh, we'll try to talk about it later, but let's go on to the next cause I don't want to get too far in the weeds with that and not go over the rest of the card. Yeah. Okay. So the next match we have is the Jericho appreciation society, the team of, Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager taking on the team of Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club. And they're going to have William Regal. I'll say this um, real quick. The William Regal toothbrush and that stuff was yeah. way out of left field. Yeah. <laughs> I get it was a reference to the old school Jericho pissing in the tea and stuff. I, I remember that happening. I, I remember, but like I... I thought William Regal was about to go off on about how like he was a mid Carter and a curtain jerker and Jericho oh, yeah. went off to have like this big career. And like, he was, it could have been him. Like he always had the, he was always as good in the ring as Jericho was. And like, why was Jericho getting the opportunities? And he wasn't instead. He's like Jericho for the last three decades, I've been shoving your toothbrush in my ass. And I was like, Oh, didn't see that. And then like Daniel Garcia says something and William Regal's like, I did that to you today. And it's like, 
Wait, how's so, this guy was, still employed? Yeah, just pranked. Get pranked, bro. You know what I yeah. mean? Like William Regal's idea yeah. of just pranking people with toothbrushes up his ass. So and um, I feel like Regal's stuff, it just it's not to the point and it drags, and he's gotta get better at that because I feel like it has hurt time the past couple of times that he's been out there. Um and it really reminded me of like a WWE sketch. Like that's how they would have done things. Like I stuck a toothbrush in, I stuck your toothbrush in my bottom. Ah ha 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 ha. Cause I was in the crowd and it, it didn't go over like crazy. Like you would expect, right? Like for something that's immature and funny or whatever it, it didn't. And, um, Another thing, the crowd really wanted blood and guts. They were yelling blood and guts. And the way that Moxley was building it up, like we're not doing stadium stampede, we're going to do this. And it's basically what, like street fight? Like that's basically what the rules are, but they called it what something anarchy or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the Jericho Appreciation Society. I know that pretty much everybody in this match are good. And they're badass. So I don't have a problem with the actual match. By the way, Chris Jericho live is in phenomenal shape. He looks like a piece of plastic. Like there is no fat on that guy. He's completely shredded. I can't believe how much weight, he, weight he's lost and how much, how good a shape he got in like just probably the last six months. Like incredible. Um, but yeah, I. I wouldn't say that I'm super excited about this match, but I love a lot of guys in this match and I trust that it will be good. So, and I'm going to go with the, um, I don't know because the way that Jericho hinted at like Kingston and Danielson, not being on the same page, then them getting into it in the end, it almost feels like it's being built up that they aren't going to be this like cohesive unit. And that's probably going to cost them the match. So I actually think the Appreciation Society, the Jericho Appreciation Society, is going to win this match. Yeah, it's a tough one to call. I think, okay, yeah, they're calling it Anarchy in the Arena. Um, yeah, there you go. I think that, you know, they can they can make this to where, like, Ortiz gets pinned, you know what I mean? Like, something like that, where, like, you know what I mean? Like, like Danielson and Moxley don't have to, like, take the pin here for this to them, because I'm assuming it's just, like, a one one pinfall submission ends the match. It doesn't seem to be, like, an elimination-type yep. match, so. Yep. Um, and on the flip side, I mean, I guess, like, Angelo Parker could take the pinfall and, and that protect, um, appreciates the society. I, I I don't know why Wheeler Yuta isn't in this. I don't I know he had something with New Japan like the same night as the last AEW show. He's um, in the tournament. He's in the best of super juniors that's tournament. Right. That's yeah. right. So then he's that's there, right. I think, all the way till June 14th. So he's he's gone for a while. Okay. Which is badass, by the way, that like he's just out there representing the Blackpool Combat Club in another company right now. And I think we're gonna see more of that throughout other companies in the indies as well. Um I'm going to say Jericho Appreciation Society wins just because they're like, I think establishing them still as like a group. Um, and the other guys will probably all wind up fighting each other at some point too, like you were saying. So, uh, so yeah, I'll go with I'm the kind of, 
the one of the things that I kind of like the most about the Jericho Appreciation Society is the former 2.0 or whatever. I think those guys are really entertaining. And I think that if they just get um, some time and actually are able to to go out there and be in the ring, like they could be one of the top tag teams. I think that they're, they have that ability. So hopefully they get a little bit more of a chance to, to really shine because the one guy, he's hilarious. Matt. And, Matt Menard, yeah. yeah. And the other guy, um, he 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 fits in like as a sidekick type as well. I I I like them. I think that they could be very good. So we'll see we'll see how they get to how they look in the pay per view. I see a lot of like late nineties, early two thousands Jericho and Matt Menard, like with like just like how over the top like goofy heel he is, like like Jericho with like Ralphus style. You know what I mean? Just like yes. like so. I think that it's really smart that Jericho is with those guys. And uh, I like Daniel Garcia rocking the Kangle and everything, and Hager being the the enforcer and stuff. It makes sense. So, um, yeah, what I, I would love what I would love is for Daniel Garcia to choke out Jericho and then go and join the <laughs> Combat Club. Like I think that would be phenomenal, but that's not going to happen. That would be sick. I still do want Garcia in the Blackpool Combat Club. Me sure. too. Me too. Um, but uh, and it's crazy because you know 2.0, they were just literally just kind. They were just on like. 205 live every week in the WWE yep. for like a year and then just yep. yeah, did nothing with him. Um, next match. So we're both taking the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yes. Uh, the next match we have is a match that I feel like has kind of gotten lost in the mix and stuff because like there's so much going on with AEW, but it's the House of Black, the team of Malachi Black, uh, Buddy Matthews and Brody King taking on Death Triangle of Penta, Pack, and Phoenix. Um, I think the match is going to be badass. I just kind of forgot it was like happening, but like, I think the match itself is going to totally deliver considering the six guys involved. Yes. I'm actually really looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be awesome. I think if there's a more established trio, it's the house of black. So I think they're going to win, but I expect this to be one of the matches of the night. And I expect after this, the trios titles are really going to gain some momentum and people are going to want those things to, to show up because they have a lot of great trios. And I think that, uh, man, and, and, you know, being there live, the house of blacks interest is badass. Like they are a badass group. I would love to see them get more TV time. Like, honestly, like for me, and, I, and I've said this before probably, but like, you know, Lance Archer got that title shot against hangman, just like on a random dynamite but they like built it for a couple weeks. Yeah. I would love for like Malachi black to just show up in the ring with CM Punk and then like build that up and have a, have a, you know, a nice little road to make it feel special. Malachi black falls a little bit short, but just to kind of throw him in the mix. Cause he's badass. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, this match is going to be awesome. And there, there's a lot of similarities too, like, these teams could almost like combine for like a giant stable and it would make sense. Like all these yes, guys, like I agree, like, like the black death triangle or something like you know, kind of like combine them or something like that. Like, yeah, but I, I and yeah, a ton of talent here. Um, Brody King, by the way, with like a, you know, real big win on uh over um, Minoru Suzuki, not too yep. long ago for new Japan, just a couple weeks ago. Um, there was something else I was going to mention about this match that I can't remember now. 
I might I might remember um, later on, and we'll circle back to it. But as far as a prediction, yeah, I'm gonna go House of Black. Also, you took House of Black, right? So, yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a really good one. After that, we have a tag team match that is mainly oh by the oh, what what I was gonna say now I remember um, yeah, yeah. with the trios belt. I saw that Tony Khan said that he's had the belts made for a while yeah. already, so yeah. like, it's it's happening. And and do you really need to wait for Kenny Omega? I really don't feel like you do. I feel like he's committed to this point to like he's waited this. I'm just long. worried about like how long that's gonna be. Like it doesn't seem like it's I I think we're at the point where Kenny will be gone a full year. And then he from will, now I think you no, like from oh. when it was. So full gear to full gear is basically where because Kenny said that he like set they said that Kenny set a mark and be at the triple A show in September. And I mean, full gear is November. So I'm guessing he doesn't make it to September when he wants to. And it ends up dragging almost to the point to where it takes the full gear. I can see that. Yeah. Um, watching Which just like, I would have, I would have probably cried. I would have <laughs> probably cried if I knew that Kenny was going to be gone a year. Like I did yeah. not expect this, but it's one of those things that luckily AEW is so good and they have so much, so much talent that it really hasn't been that bad, but it definitely feels like a huge piece is missing with Kenny being out. And the longer this goes and the longer, like the whole Adam Cole and undisputed elite, you know, Kenny is supposed to be in that. And you know, Kenny needs to address the fact that the Bucks kind of helped Hangman win that night. Like, there's just so much unfinished business that I want. And then we've got Abushi now who's just gone, right? And just there's a lot going on in the Kenny Omega world, and uh, I'm just ready for him to come back. Yeah. Well, speaking of kind of that Kenny Omega world, the next match we have has mainly been built on being the elite. Um, yeah. So, and by the way, this past episode, I think it was either this this one of them or the one right before it, where Matt cuts his he has this whole promo on the Young Bucks with them right there, and he's talking about like their mom dying of cancer and how like the Young Bucks became like a better version of the Hardy Boys, and like it's like this incredible promo that should have definitely been on Dynamite and not on BTE. Like I, yeah, some of the best stuff that's building their stories is happening on BTE and like only, you know, 200,000 people are seeing it on, on YouTube or whatever, instead of right. the million watching on Dynamite, like they're, they're missing there in my opinion, by, by putting a lot of stuff that matters on BTE that they should be putting on Dynamite when it comes to pro. Well, and that's, that comes to the same thing, right? When you need to cut some segments for others, like it just needs to happen. We're trying to put too much in and it's okay to focus it's okay for some people to get double TV time if it if it merits it. You know what I mean? It's okay to focus on certain storylines if you need to. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was it was a really good promo. He was talking. Matt was talking about stuff about how like the Hardys grew up like good Christian boys, and then like they and they never did drugs or drank alcohol and stuff. And then the business kind of like changed them over time. But like the Young Bucks have always stuck to like they're they're kind of like the better pure version of like them kind of like in their minds in, in a lot of ways and stuff and so it's like the, anyway y'all should really go out of your way to watch that it, it's probably like five minutes of the of one of the more recent bt episodes it was really really good anyways the match itself is the hardy boys versus the young bucks 
Um, this match hasn't happened since, I guess, from since Ring of Honor, the latter match, right the night before WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. Super card of honor. Yep. So, because uh, I remember being live at, at WrestleMania, because I didn't go to that show because I was at NXT, but I was at WrestleMania the next night, and I uh, I saw the Hardys return, and I was like, no, because I just watched them, you know, the night before, you know, saw all this right. stuff. Anyway, that was wild. Um, who are you picking for your prediction here? You got the Hardys of the Young Bucks, because I think this one's a pretty hard one to call, because there hasn't been, like, a ton of like storyline build up on this show really like it's just kind of like if you know their history you know their history and you know it's a dream match well and it's also like neither one really needs to win and either one can lose and it would be okay so it does make that interesting one thing that i'm a little nervous about is them just having a normal wrestling match like before it was ladder matches and like gimmick matches and those really worked out well just a normal wrestling match, I'm a little nervous because Jeff is a little sloppy. Matt Matt and Jeff are both past their prime, let's be honest. So that kind of concerns me. Never underestimate the Young Bucks on pay-per-view, ever. They always deliver. Um, I'm going to lead towards the Young Bucks. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks as well. But... I think we're going to get a series of matches between these teams, like with the I stipulations. Agree. So I agree. This um, isn't over. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll go Young Bucks for now, mainly because like the Young, the Hardys are very close, but like the Young Bucks, if I had to pick like a Mount Rushmore of, of my favorite tag teams ever, the Young Bucks would be on that Mount Rushmore. So like it's really hard for me to pick against them because. I know I, I I feel like they're still on in their prime. I know that they're banged up, and Matt's probably a little closer to the end of his career than than uh, Nick and stuff. But like, um, yeah, I'm just gonna go Young Bucks because, yeah, I just like them better, I guess, at the end of the day. But I I think that we're gonna get multiple matches, like we're saying. So, um, what if Hangman wins, then Kenny walks out at the end of the show? I lose my mind. I, I mark mm-hmm. out. I'd love it. Be I also think it'd be crazy if Punk wins and then Okada comes out. Like that would be nuts. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Crazy possibility. And the crazy thing is, after uh, what was I can't which pay per view was it where Danielson and Cole both debuted? Um, Dan- oh, remember. all out. All out. Like I mean, because yep. I mean, AW will do stuff like that. Like. Sometimes yep. we don't get a big surprise. Sometimes we get multiple big surprises. Like I mean, and usually pay per view, Tony Tony brings something. So one of yeah. us, one yep. of us. He is one absolutely of one of us. All right, and last match we got here, of course, is Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW World Championship against CM Punk. I think this is where Punk wins the championship because yep. they are they just have a just such a unique opportunity with how great CM Punk's run has been that I just feel like Hangman has accomplished what he's needed to. He is established as a main event level guy forever in AEW based on this title win and this title run. And CM Punk, I long term, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like I do think he should drop the belt to MJF eventually and like wrap up a trilogy with him and MJF eventually does win that feud and win the title from CM Punk. But regardless of what they do with it long-term, I think that, I think it's just the right move to put the belt on CM Punk right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with him. Do you, so let's say CM Punk wins. 
Do you turn Hangman heel after because he he lost the belt and does he reunite with the Bucks and then it's the Bucks versus the undisputed elite, which are the undisputed whatever you want to call them because then it's three on three and instead of Omega, it would be Hangman. Yeah, I, I mean, I like that idea. I, I, my in the back of my mind, I, I know like Punk has to turn heel eventually. Like it's going to happen. It's just how much longer are they going to wait before they do that? And will other people have to turn heel before Punk turns heel to like make this happen the way they want it to? I don't know. I, I, I don't think. It'd but be it's like it's like he can't be heel going into the new Japan show as the champion, like against an Okada or something. So he has to be faced for in Chicago. Right. So like, to me, it's getting more closer to probably like full gear or maybe all out something like that. But, and then I think that's also a good point is who are the contenders and are they mostly just baby faces? And if they are, does that mean punk turns heel? Cause it kind of happened like, Remember Brian Danielson? Like he just he just kind of went heel, like just out of nowhere, and it was like, oh okay, he's heel now, you know. Um, yeah. So so I, I don't know. A lot of interesting things. I think they're starting to get some momentum of people that want Hangman to retain, though. Like I'm starting to see that a lot more, and the crowd was definitely split live. I think Hangman's earned a lot of people's respect. And I don't think necessarily they want to see that title in. But this thing is kind of lightning in the bottle for Punk. It's just one of those things that you got you got to get him the belt, have him cry, have him just relish that he did it, that he came back. And not only did he come back and was successful, but he came back and he was a champion. And it wasn't done in a cheap way. He's basically been there the whole year. You know what I mean? So it's like he earned it. Yeah, he yeah he, he more than earned it. I mean, like this, these feuds and these matches he's been having have been like he's probably my. I have to really think about it. He's probably like my wrestler of the year for the last like calendar year for talking strictly just like big matches or like pay per view appearances. Like his like the Darby Allen match was incredible. Um, all the stuff he's done on AWTV has been incredible. The the MJF dog collar match and the story and the throwback gear and the, the throwback entrance music and all this stuff. I mean, this is like this stuff with Kingston. Like, I mean, this is like this is the in my opinion, this is the best run CM Punk's ever had in his career, as far as like for what I like in pro wrestling. This has been it's been incredible. And this is coming from a guy who y'all know what I'm saying about him in the UFC and stuff. So mm-hmm. like I mean, I'm I am giving him credit that he deserves here as as a as if it's in the world of pro wrestling i think he's he's done fantastic does um, i don't know if he gets to this point though if he doesn't have that mjf feud i think the mjf feud elevated him i agree as, as weird as some people want that sounds because punk is supposed to be the bigger star but i think after that and then him coming out to like his roh music and bringing back kind of like the old punk and the build up and everything I think that got him to this point. So I think MJF deserves a lot of credit. I think Tony Khan deserves a lot of credit on how that whole thing was booked. And uh, it now is very believable that Punk is going to win. Yep. Um, I know we got some uh, 
some more super chats. I've, I've got the names on the list. Um, if you want to go up to Alex and, and knock some of these out before the next next topic, we've got about another half hour, y'all. So yep. keep getting these super we're, chats in. We'll make sure to get to all of them. And we're, we're also going to talk about Stephanie and Sasha and stuff before we get out of here. So, yep. Oh, boy, this is a fun one. Uh, thanks, Alex. I appreciate the super chat. Uh, tough topic, but could Nyla Rose become babyface? Um, man. So I think they could try, but I just think AEW standard is very high in the ring. So I don't know how many people would be super behind her if she isn't like booked properly. And I, I don't know, I think it'd be very hard to put her as a baby face. I think she's much more of a natural heel. Yeah, I, I think it's possible because like she's she can be like funny on Twitter and stuff like that. Like I think she has some personality, but like I uh I, that's the problem is like I don't think she's great in the ring. So it yep. really, you know, that that can be a problem. I mean, she was she was the AW uh women's champion, and I don't think that run was particularly like well received uh when it happened, um, from like an in-ring standpoint. I just I just don't it's tough. It's tough. And no, that's not just her, by the way. It's, it's anybody in AEW that isn't to like that level in the ring that's gonna be yeah. on on that on that standard level. Standard is high. Now that's that being said, the question isn't really Nyla Rose being the champion, though it's about being a baby face. So I, I think it's possible that, that Nyla could be a baby face. Um, but I think that'd be based a lot more on like her personality than her in-ring ability, if that makes sense. So it would but, it would and, have to be booked really well, in my opinion, where like they really need her to be a good uh, guy or good person or whatever um, to 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 basically have something that you want to cheer for. Well, and, see, and also, like, if I'm being honest, like when was like the she, she was doing these BTE skits a while back with uh, Vicky Guerrero, they were dressed like nuns and stuff. And they just weren't entertaining or funny. It was just like mm -hmm. really bad. So like, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. But that's a, that's a tough sell. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but that's a good question, Alex. And um, I have your name down for a potential entry for Wrestle Rumble at the end of the show. So uh, thank you for that, Michael, with the super chat. I appreciate it, Michael. Uh, what up, guys? With RK Bro looking like it's over for now, what type of expectations do you have for Riddle's single run? I really enjoyed his promo. I don't know if you caught it, but it was much more of the riddle that I wanted to see. I think he could have came up with something better than calling Roman Reigns a piece of trash, but, you know, it's WWE. Um, but it kind of seems like he might be the next one to face Roman, and I'm I'm kind of for it. Like, I think if they actually, like, have, like, a 15-minute match and really display riddle, even though he loses, I think it would – do well for him and um I'm, I'm all for it i'm all for riddle getting a push and uh like i said i liked his promo he doesn't know the future of rk bro because apparently randy has a injured back i guess that's storyline i don't know if that's real or not but um so we'll, we'll see what happens there but i'm all for roman reigns versus matt riddle yeah, I'm all for that too. I think the match would be really good. Uh, I think Riddle can really showcase what he can really do out there. Uh, less, less as a comedic figure and more of like an ass kicker with with the comedy laced into it, of course. But like, 
I, I loved Riddle on the Indies because he was basically just being an MMA fighter type dude with like that laid back bro attitude. But like when he would get in the ring, it, it looked like you were seeing, you know, the UFC ass kicking Matt Riddle. I so I, I I think that him and Roman would be a really good idea, and I doubt that Riddle would beat Roman, but I think that they would have a really, really solid like 15 minute match or whatever, whatever amount of time they were given. I think they would knock it out of the park and it could also establish Riddle as a, as a main eventer on a singles level outside of RK bro. So yeah, but if, if it was me, I, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think, I think that WWE should push, push Riddle in that position. So, yeah. Chris with the super chat, he was down for two. Yeah. Um, Got it. Appreciate it, Chris. Evening, guys. Just wanted to say thanks for being here tonight and take our minds off things. Doug's a fellow father and proud Texan. I can understand how tough this tragedy is for you. Yeah, man, it's brutal. Um, like I said, it's hard to not think about. And you keep checking and the body count just keeps going up. And you're hearing about some of the kids are so, like, disformed that they have to do DNA tests because they can't tell who they are. And, I mean, it's just – it's never anything that you ever want to hear. And – uh like I said, how we open the show, our thoughts are with everyone that was affected. This is a very tough deal and hope that this is not a new string of things and hope everything uh, can can calm down. But like I said, I definitely appreciate everyone tuning in and uh, hopefully we have given you some some content that's kind of kept your mind off things. Yeah, 100%. I, I really can't add much more to that. Chris, we appreciate the super chat as always, man. Thanks for being in here. Thanks everyone for being in here. Um, we see a lot of regulars in here, which we always appreciate. We're seeing some new faces in here too, which we also appreciate just as much. So um, yeah, Chris, it's it's a tragedy when all we can do is hope it doesn't keep happening. But with the track record, it just keeps, it just seems to just keep happening more. And I'm hoping we can figure out a way to fix it. I don't know what that way is, but uh I hope that we can all unify to some degree, whether you're on the pro-gun side or the anti-gun side or any of these kind of things. Like we all just need to get together and like come up with a with a way to, to fix these things and stop stop fighting each other and like start stopping these freaking maniacs from like ruining society. Like we gotta figure something out. So I but I I I I, I appreciate it, Chris. And I made sure to put your name on there twice uh, for a potential entry later tonight. Uh, for Wrestle Rumble. So just for anybody who might have who might have trickled in throughout the show, we are giving away a free WrestleRumble.com entry for the WrestleRumble.com Double or Nothing Pickup Contest. The top prize is $1,000 cash for the winner of that. And the way you can get your name on our list is to donate a Super Chat. And we're going to pick one name on a random generator at the end of the show. And if you, if you donate more than, for every $10 you donate, you get your name on there another time, but you can donate as little as like 99 cents, get on there once. Once you hit $10, you get on there again, another $10, so on and so forth, get more and more chances at an entry. We're going to pick that name at the end of the show. So, um, so far I have King Bling Blah, The Mystery 86, Alex Schmidt, Michael Young, and uh, Chris Warden all on there right now. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, let's just jump right in. So uh, uh, Sasha and Naomi have now been officially suspended and um, their titles have been stripped. And I have heard so many thoughts and opinions on this topic. I actually listened to the True, True Heel Heat podcast. Um, I listened to the entire thing, agree with some things, disagree with some things, but definitely like hearing other people's perspective on things. 
and uh, I enjoyed their show. And um, I, I don't know. So here's another thing. When they announce this tournament or whatever to see, or whoever the two top contenders are, whatever they decide to do, to see who's going to be these new tag team champions, you're going to see how weak this division is. That's a big problem. So if you want more focus on the belts, you first have to create a division. So I think that's a huge part. I also think Vince McMahon doesn't care about tag team wrestling. He really doesn't. He hasn't in like a time he's existed. Every now and then something will pop up where like, you know, the Dudley's Hardy's Christian or there'll be something kind of cool, but he views it as a necessary thing, but he doesn't really put a lot of focus in it. So you're having two people in a terrible division come up to him and tell him that we want this division to be better. It's it's his company. Like I get that they're frustrated and I get all that, but at the end of the day like you're not going to change this man. You know what I mean? And I don't care how many times you tweet out that you love Vince McMahon and all this other stuff like this is what he believes in. And whether it's right or wrong, you chose to work for this company. There have been more warning signs than you can count. And this is what's happened. Like at the end of the day, it's it's just hard for me to feel sorry for them. I do think WWE took it to a level that I don't know we've ever seen. They pulled their merchandise. They blasted them on commentary. They made them look bad. Um, they even showed the graphic of the the main event of what it was supposed to be to just so like it's like we weren't we're not making this stuff up. This is what we showed. This is what what the plan was. They walked out on all of you. Like they really, um, they really wanted to hit home that Sasha and Naomi had betrayed the audience. And I felt like if it was something that you wanted to work out, you would not have gone that far. So I don't know if they're interested in working with them. I think they're more interested in torturing them. <laughs> I think they're more interested now in letting them sit home and just drain every dime they have and not worry about it. Like they're all for punishing them right now, but I don't really think they're here for a resolution. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how it seems like to me, too. I mean, uh, basically try to devalue them as much as they can before they become free agents because they're not going to bring them back to TV is what, is what it seems like. Because um, it's hard to go back now if you're the WWE and, like, put them back on TV when, like, you just did all this publicly. Like, we saw you pull the merch. We saw the statement. I thought the statement was a really bad look by the WWE, by the way. Yep. Like, like, they don't even do the future endeavor thing anymore about when people get fired and, like, they immediately did it for them. And then once again, the salt in the wound is taking the merchandise away immediately. And yeah, it's uh, like, I, I agree. And I mean, I see both sides of this for sure. Like yeah, I agree, sure. you know, and we talked about it last week too. Like I, you know what you're signing up for when you sign with the WWE. So it's hard for me to have like a ton of sympathy when the track record speeds for itself. And there's so many people in the same boat. But the WWE didn't do this when, like, Pac took his ball and went home and stuff. Or when, like, Ali asked for his... Ali, right? Like, yeah. Ali just made the statement on Twitter. And then they were, like, kind of radio silent about it and just let him stay home. 
This exactly. one, whew, not so much. Yeah, there's been a lot, a lot of those two people that have publicly asked for their their. Uh, I mean, FTR sure. before they eventually got it and stuff. And I mean, there's been plenty of that where. I mean, it's a different situation when your contract's coming up, when you're like an Adam Cole or a Kyle O'Reilly or something like that, and your contract naturally comes up and you just don't come to terms and resign. Um, John right. Moxley type scenario. That's just business. Like, you just decided to, not to resign. And I think they else. fully respect that, though. I really right. do. I think at the end of the day, they're upset that you're not resigning, but they'll totally do business with you again. No bridges burned, especially like an Adam Cole who extended for like three weeks to help them finish out a storyline. Like, that's just good business, right? So, and I don't know how many times Moxley had to do a shield reunion one last time. Like, they milked that thing to the bone. But um, this one just is different. I would say this, though. How different do you think it would be if they would have actually done the match? They would have done the match, and then they would have just quit that night after the match. Like, how different do you think that they would be handling this? That's a really good question, actually, um, because I don't think WWE because they because they would have had time. I, I say have time. I mean, they, they had the option WWE to just not do the statement to begin with, of course. But like, right in hindsight, like if they, I because if if they would have just done the match and then they they basically try to quit the company afterwards that same night, but the match is already done. WWE has between then and Friday, they have like a full week to try to patch things up before SmackDown happens. You know what I mean? Like to to try to work something out. And and if they quit, they quit. But they're not. I don't think that they go through the the uh, I don't know what the right word is the hassle or whatever you want to call it of 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 putting up the statement. You know, then the pulling the merch and all that stuff. I don't I don't know if they do all that. I think a big part of it was. We advertise them for this show. They're not on the show. So we're going to tell everyone exactly why they're not on this show. It's like, yeah, okay. But which, which is might be true on their part, but it's also like, but where was this when Pac was supposed to wrestle Enzo Amore and didn't and bailed? And where was this when Ali publicly said on Twitter, he doesn't want to be in this company anymore. And he is basically a countdown to get out of here. And like, you know, there's, so it, it's inconsistent and I understand why there are a lot of fans that feel that are on the side of Sasha and Naomi more so than the WWE, which which I am too for the most part, if I'm being yeah. honest, because of the way WWE handled it. Like yeah. I um I'm I'm almost always gonna be pro worker. I talk about that plenty too. You know, like when it comes to football teams, I'm I mean, I guess I'm more team than player all the time because I just want the Vikings to win. But when it comes to like the UFC and, and MMA and and uh and pro wrestling and stuff. I'm generally a fan of the wrestler, not as much the promotion. Usually, um, with this, it's just it's just tough because like you you know you know what this is when you sign there, and I can't say it enough. You're what you're doing in the WWE is you are you're trading your creativity and your art for money, which is completely fine if you're going to do that. I have no problem with that at all on a personal level whatsoever. But like you 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 got to know that this is going these things are going to happen like you the company just kind of sucks and you just kind of got to do what they want you to do but they're going to pay you millions of dollars to do it um i i don't i i, don't I think one thing i i honestly think if they would have done that match and then quit i think that this would be way more simmered down i don't think that they would have been as upset 
because Vince has said like the cardinal sin is to walk out on a live show. Like that, that is like a no, no. And they all know it. And sh- and they both did it. So I just think it's, it, and you also somewhat have to set a precedent that like, if this happens again, like we can't allow this to happen again. So we must punish them. So they understand that this cannot happen again type thing. We talked so about I, it last I, week. They literally waited a fire punk on his on his wedding day after he had been right. gone for like over a year. <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah. And, and, but and that that's that's just them being petty. Like at the end of the day, that's right. totally them being petty. But I, I do think though that the biggest issue is that they walked out on a live show. I think that is the number one thing. If Sasha and Naomi walked out on that live show and then asked for their release on Twitter. I don't think that this is what it would what it is right now. So I, I, I think that that's a big part of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that's a really good point to bring up, though, or a really good question. Um, I I do, and I agree with that. Like I think that the reaction, the the kind of snap reaction that WWE had, wouldn't have been nearly as harsh or really anything. And I think it would have been worked out behind the scenes. Whether or not Naomi and Sasha even come back to the show, I don't know. But like. I think it would have been taken care of behind the scenes and not out in the public the way that it has been. Yep. Um, and I know that like Corey Graves have been saying stuff on commentary. I saw Pat McAfee, like his reaction when Adam Cole was talking about it. And he's, I mean, yeah, McAfee was like super confused. And you mean Michael Cole? Or sorry, Pat McAfee is what I, I meant to say. Oh, you my, said yeah, Adam my, Cole. Oh, Michael. You my, said Adam Michael, Cole. Michael. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Michael Cole. Well, you know, he's like, oh, Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, Michael That's Cole. I, but like McAfee's got to see stuff like that and be like, "Are none of us safe? Like, what's gonna happen right. if, like, if I bail? Like, what is, wait a yeah. second. Um, I, I think he's more like they know I don't need this job, right? Like, I just do this yeah. for fun. So if this isn't fun anymore, I'll just leave. Just saying, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> so, but yeah, he's just like, well, like a super fun job just became really serious, and I don't know how to handle this right now. Like, that's basically the way his approach was. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I don't but think it, we it, ever. I don't think we ever see Sasha again on WWE TV. I think we see Naomi again though in the future. Yeah, I I, I think that that's much more likely. It's interesting, and what what's interesting too is like look at the difference of like a Mustafa Ali and how he handled it. Like it was like I'm fed up. I hate it here. This is the worst place, but I'm back. Like it it doesn't work. You can't just walk out on a contract. Brock Lesnar walked out on a contract and signed to compete for, for a non-compete for seven years. And he couldn't do anything. He was wrestling in New Japan and hated it there. Like it he was stuck. They tried to not let him fight in MMA because of it. Like it, it he was in a bad, bad position. So, I mean, in my opinion, the only way WWE's letting Sasha out of her contract is she signs a non-compete for multiple years so she doesn't go to AEW. Like, I think that's the only thing. And if that's the case, then she might do that and just do Hollywood stuff and then maybe decide to get back into wrestling. Maybe not. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I do think that it'll – I don't think WWE's just going to release Sasha either. So I think no, she'll neither. be stuck at home. Uh, yep. They'll, I think this is going to go to court, like, honestly. And I think that they'll probably come up with some type of settlement or something to figure out that – this is it. But yeah, I, I hate know. to say it though, but like if this goes to court, WWE will win. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
But I just think that instead of dragging it all out, they might just finally agree to let her go if she just signs this non-compete or, or something like that. That's what I mean, basically. Like, yeah. there will be a, a resolution because of it. Yeah. Because it was kind of the same thing with CM Punk, right? Like, his doctor, the doctor was the issue, and it took a lawsuit and all that other stuff to really get things going. So we'll see what happens. Um Another super chat from the Mystery 86. So I don't know if you have him down again, but yeah. um appreciate it. he's like, I think where WWE is going wrong is they made Roman unbeatable. With AEW, there is more parody and more people that compete for the champ title. Agreed. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's so many different opportunities for so many people. And you could just immediately just take one guy and put him in the title hunt, and it just makes sense. And in WWE, it's just like, ugh. Riddle makes sense to compete, but how many people does it make sense to actually win? I've got just one. Cody. Just I've Cody, got yeah. one, and it's Cody, and he oh. just got there. Otherwise, you got nobody. So, and and not only that, you have to do a lot with Cody. Cody can't lose. Cody needs to constantly be built, and if he does lose, and he's got to win Money in the Bank or something, he has to have momentum. Otherwise, he doesn't look believable to beat Roman either. So, um, yeah, imagine if they had the philosophy of let's make three or four Romans, then they're in great shape because that's what I grew up with. I grew up with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Triple H, The Rock, Mankind, like you name it, we can grab one of these, Kane, like we can just grab one of these and they can become champion. And now it's like Roman, the end, you know, and so it's just not exciting. And even you could possibly do Randy Orton, but I mean, is that really going to get people that excited? You know what I mean? Because even back then in like the Attitude Era, you could take like D'Lo Brown or like Ken Shamrock or yeah, any of these guys that were like not really main event level guys, and like they were they were just so over that like you just believe them in any situation because they were. And you could also take. The guys from like the IC titles, the Kurt Angles, the Chris Benoit, the Chris Jericho's, and they all ended up becoming champion. So I mean, they just had a vast variety. And I feel like in AEW, you could do that. But I feel like in WWE, man, it is the Roman show. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the mystery, uh, 86, yeah, we appreciate another super chat, man. I got you at $15 total. Another five, just so you know, you'll get even another shot at, at, a, at an entry. Um you're getting close to uh, a third one there. We, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we talk about Roman a lot and uh, people know how I feel about it, but I, I obviously I'm a huge fan of Roman. I think that what he's doing is, is fantastic as, as a heel long-term champion and everything. I, I love the story. I love him with the title. Um, WWE just has done a awful job of building stars. The only other star they really have is Cody and he had to be built outside of the company have, and brought have back. Have you seen how bad the Braun Breaker interviews are? No, I haven't. I haven't paid any attention to be honest. So I'm not talking to, but like go watch the Sean Ross at Braun Breaker interview. Okay. Oh, just like him just having real interview. Not even like him doing a promo on a show. Bad. Really? Bad. Like there's no way he could like go on a Jimmy Kimmel tonight and, and do well. So he is not ready in any way of the outside stuff. And that's stuff you don't even think about. But yeah, not there. That's why it was so disappointing when someone like Big E was like killing it outside of the company, like boxing matches and college game day and like, you know, talk shows and like 
and even he just, you know, they just soured on him and squashed him. And now he's at home with a broken neck, unfortunately, um, which I'm obviously not joking about. That's really serious. But it's just one of those things where, like, they've had chances with plenty of guys to to make them somewhat on the level of Roman Reigns. And they've squandered at every imaginable opportunity. Um, so, yeah. But, but yeah, um, hopefully... I mean, I just expect Cody to beat Roman because there's no other options. And then they got to figure out what they're going to do from there uh, long term. But appreciate the the super chat. Oh, and another one from the mystery just came in. There you go. Doug's biggest fan. I'll appreciate that, man. You. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's get into Stephanie real quick and then we can bounce. Yep. Uh, I if it was, If Hunter was still in bad medical condition then this would make a lot more sense to me, but it sounds like Hunter's back working. So I hope it's not actually that Stephanie is in the bad medical shape or one of their children that she'd have to like tend to. Cause that's kind of like the rumor is it's for health reasons, but there's a couple of weird things here. One, she took off that she even like works for WWE at all on her LinkedIn page. I mean, if you're on a hiatus, like you could just, still have that on there right like you plan on coming back what would be the big deal right two nick Khan is taking over all of her duties <laughs> and i don't know man this feels like a, a, a evil plan is coming together at like the way we expected you know what i mean like that's just what it seems like and it it wouldn't surprise me if they sell and she's bounced like and it's easy to do because she was on hiatus. So it's like, it's not like, well, how could you while Stephanie's there and all that, you know, like, I, I don't know. It just seems there's, it just doesn't seem like we have the full puzzle here. What do you think? I think that's pretty much how I feel about it. Like Nick Khan took everyone's job except for Vince. I mean, like, yes. like he's Vince's right-hand man now. Like he's yes. what, what, Triple H and Stephanie were being groomed to become over the last basically 20 years plus of their lives. Um, it's just, it's just Nick Khan's now. So Triple H is in a tough spot because now he's basically just, I mean, I'm sure he does more than just this, but like he went from basically being the next Vince and getting the keys to the kingdom and, carrying on the company in his own vision and bringing NXT elements and stuff to, to Ron SmackDown and all these things that the fans were waiting for, for a long time. And especially with him being almost like a player coach where he's, he's one of the boys. So he, he has a completely different perspective than like most promoters would when it comes to all of this. So the future was very intriguing with, with triple H and, uh, and now that's just, that's just Nick Khan has that job now. So now, so now triple H is like, basically just like recruiting college athletes, I guess, for the most part, like finding football players and being like, he's so basically a triple H's job now. Um, remember, of course you remember little giants. He's yes. He's basically walking up to the kids sitting on the uh, mechanical uh, horse and being you like, play you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to wrestle? You want to do you ever <laughs> pro wrestling? You ever yep. heard of NXT or the WWE? Vince man? Nope. Hey, you can play on our team. You know, yep. like, I mean, like, you're, 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 your NFL career isn't going great. You got no other options, but you're really athletic. 
let's try to convince you to play to, to come here. By the way, the right. last guy we did this to, his name was Harland, and he's already gone. Um, <laughs> I mean, so so yeah, I'll, I that that that's pretty much. Um, this is another thing that just hit me. This is the first time we've seen a talent walk out on live TV with Nick Khan kind of in charge. So this might also be a different approach. So some people are like saying like, well, this is because Vince is racist or this is because Vince doesn't like women. So he's much more harsh or he's being way more difficult than he normally would. This might be Nick Khan's approach towards this situation. Like we don't know, you know, it's possible because they, they stopped doing the future endeavor statements when he came on too. Right. Um, they've changed, they have changed the approach to all of it. And also there might be a level of like, Sasha and Naomi, like they have a certain respect for like Triple H and Stephanie, maybe to where like they would want to work through it and just kind of do their job yes. and, and work something out. Whereas now that they've really reported to Nick Khan and they don't have that kind of respect for him that they do for the this is just speculation, of course. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, maybe there's levels to that. And then and pretty much the same is going on with Stephanie, where just more and more of her responsibilities is now just what Nick Khan's job is. And I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier on the show, but like when Vince did that interview with Pat McAfee, that was the most interesting thing he talked about was when they brought up the idea of the WWE existing forever and what that looks like. And Vince basically saying like, I want to be a part of this until I die. It was basically where he was putting his, 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 uh, is uh kind of the big statement he was making was like i you know i want the show but he, but he was really highlighting like i'm not really that concerned about like loyalty as far as like who gets this job i want i want the people running this company to just make it so that the wwe is like a big massive company forever like and i want to just keep getting better and so for him he made it very clear like this is for Vince to get this thing to where he wants it to be for when he sells or whatever they do with it. Cause I still think it's very possible. It's a UFC type situation where they'll sell to a big company, but Vince will stay on like Dana White did as like the, the president of the thing. Cause nobody else knows the business to the same degree that, that he would. So I think Vince really has made his mind up. I think even as far back as the McAfee show that this was probably going to be happening with his own family, that they were going to be, working their ways out of the company and they're he's going to be on with nick khan and, and new people to to run this thing it seems like see i think that nick khan is the dana that when you buy mm -hmm. the wwe nick khan will be running the wwe so and i think vince is just out like bye. i mean i can see that too i think it makes a lot of sense also and i also think that in pat mcafee's interview that was very telling to me was how he just wanted to say thank you like he just, if he could stop in one moment and just say thank you to everyone, that is somebody that is about to leave. That is not what you would say if you're really in this, right? Another thing that I thought of is, do you remember when the UFC was selling and all of a sudden Dana was no longer at any more press conferences? Like we didn't know there was rumors that they were selling, but he was at no longer any, any of the press conferences. He wasn't talking to the media and then they, after they sold, he went right back to that normal position. Vince doesn't talk anymore on these conference calls. Like whenever he does the quarterly meetings and all that on based on financials, he used to talk. He doesn't talk anymore. 
he's also not talking to the talent. They can't just knock on his door any, anymore. There's just a lot of signs that they're going to sell, man. Oh, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to sell. It's just a matter of when. But, I, but I've said uh, for a while now, I think it'll be before their next TV deal, which is fairly soon. So, um, which Stephanie just went on a leave of absence. Just saying, yeah. Like I think, I think the writing is on the wall. I agree. I agree. I mean, and we we went through this with the UFC as well. I mean, we saw a lot of similar things. I, I hadn't thought about the press conference stuff with Dana, but that's very true. And everything else is exactly what the UFC did, where they brought in consultants basically, and they started "quote unquote" trimming the fat, and they were going yep. through, and they were finding. Oh, wait, we're paying uh, Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes and these guys how much money to be ambassadors? Okay, yep. those guys are all fired. Okay, well, right. like, who, who else is – I mean, it's like office space when they went in there and started asking people, like, what is it you'd say you do <laughs> yeah. around here? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we're paying people millions of dollars to not do anything out of loyalty, and we don't have that loyalty. You do. So like, right. and that's going to go both ways, by the way, with the WWE, I talked about it with guys like the undertaker and stuff like right now, the undertaker and Steve Austin, those kind of guys are still loyal to Vince, but when he's out, that loyalty doesn't exist anymore. Like yeah. they, these guys are going to go off and do whatever, but right now it's like, there's still that loyalty to Vince with a lot of these guys. Um, but once again, this is a whole other rabbit hole, but I've been saying this for a while. They don't even the future of the WWE is going to be in like the metaverse. Like it's going to be like taking just prime holograms of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and having them wrestle like a prime hologram of like John Cena and stuff like that. Like, I think they just want to get IP for as many wrestlers as they, as they can for like their own so that they can basically put on dream matches forever, but not even need the physical bodies there. Like I, I think yeah. that's eventually what it's all going to be. Especially if you want to linking up with a, a company like Disney or something, that's going to be able to put together a bunch of like really sick augmented reality. Like you're like that. I, I think that's the future what the WWE is going to be. So um, I don't know how long it takes before we get there, but I think as long as they can keep some of these guys under contract, like Steve Austin and the undertaker and uh, get, get the rock on, you know, always on good terms so they can have him have, matches or sell merchandise or whatever and um but once again but that's, that's a whole other thing but i think that uh yeah it's 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 really crazy to think about like stephanie and i, I honestly think when when vince did that interview with mcafee he already knew that this was going to be going on with stephanie and this was already happening with triple h and the writing like you said the writing's on the wall and i think it i think it i it I, I've been saying that for a while as well, though. I do think that when Vince sells, he's out. Because otherwise, why sell? Like, I think the yep. point of selling is take your $10 billion payout or, or whatever and just enjoy the remaining years of your life without having to do anything and have so much generational wealth that no one in the history of your family for the next hundreds of years is ever going to need money. Like, yep. do it. Like, you, 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 you did it. You accomplished it. Like, you accomplished the ultimate accomplishment. Like... Just yeah. enjoy the rest of your life. Um, and Nick Khan looks like he'll be, he, you know, he'd be the guy to to be that, that Dana White. And by the way, I know I know Dana recently said that he already knows who's going to be his successor. It's going to be a while, and he won't say the name, but, like, he, they already have a plan for, like, him bailing in the next, like, hand. I watched, like. I watched a YouTube video on the person that guessed it, and I think they're dead on. They think it's going to be Hunter Campbell. Was it Tommy Told? 
guessing. I think so. Maybe was it MMA on point video because I'm, I'm. I think it was the MMA on point, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Tommy Toehold voice, but it was like maybe Tommy Toehold just talking normal or something. But I watched it, and they were like, "This person's eliminated. This person's eliminated." And he got it down to Hunter Campbell, and it makes a lot of sense. And if you listen to fighters, like a lot of fighters are like, I talk to Hunter, call Hunter. Like they always say stuff like that because he's the one that actually gets the contracts done. He's the one that is the one that actually is negotiating with the fighters and not Dana. So he already has a lot of insight on that. And he seems like he's definitely on board with like Dana's philosophy and things like that. So, yeah, I think it would be Hunter. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, too. Um all right, well, let's uh, let's pick a winner for Wrestle Rumble right now as we wrap in the show up. Um, I'm going to put this up on the screen so y'all can see this as I do it here. So what I've done, all right, share screen, and it should be this screen here. And you should see it now. Sorry, it looks a little weird because of uh, me and Doug's, uh, the way we have this set up for our cameras, but you can see all the names clear there on the left side uh where my mouse is so this um the way that y'all are seeing this here um for every super chat we have we have someone's name on there and then for the amount that they donated or super chatted uh for instance the mystery he donated twenty dollars he got an additional dollar for every or additional shot on there for every ten dollars so that's why he's on there three times chris warden's on there twice for a ten dollar entry so on and so forth what you're seeing right here um, thank you to everybody who donated and thank you for everyone who didn't as well. They just been in here hanging out, commenting. We've gotten a ton of comments in the live chat today, which is awesome. And those kind of things help spread the word and help with the algorithm. Please give a thumbs up right now as I'm thinking about it. Please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. These are all ways, these are all free ways outside of, you know, donating that you can help support the channel that helps get it out there for, for more wrestling fans to, to check it out and be a part of this. Um, I'm going to hit a button right now. You can see it right there. It says pick a random name. I'm going to hit this green button. <clears throat> it's going to populate a name. The winner is going to get an entry to the WrestleRumble.com double or nothing pick'em contest for AEW. The top prize is $1,000 cash for the pick'em contest. And the winner is... Alex Schmidt, congratulations! Alex. Bucks. Nice, Alex. Hey, that's 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 the gamble when you when you yep. when you do super chats, and we appreciate it, Alex. Thank you very much. So, Alex Schmidt, if you are still in here, please, uh, me and Doug will hang out here for just a minute. Please comment your Twitter handle in the chat, or if you see this, please tweet at myself at uh, at Fight Talk underscore and or at All Elite Doug twenty one for Doug. Uh, please just reach out to us so that we can, uh, I just need to be able to DM you and I need your email address so that we can send you the free entry on Saturday or Sunday. I mean, before the show, there's Alex in the chat, Alex, we need your, um, you can either put your Twitter handle in the chat or, uh, just, just mention me in a tweet right now. Just like at fight talk underscore, just say like, I won Russell rumble or something like that. And I'll see it in my notifications and I will direct message you. Okay. Thank you very much uh, to you and to everybody else who who uh, joined the show tonight. I, we got a big pay-per-view coming up this weekend. Uh, for those of us who have shoot jobs, um, yeah. most of us are off on Monday, which is pretty cool. So I am. long I am, weekend. Yeah. I'm, I'm off as well. So 
uh, having some buddies over to watch the show on Sunday and don't have to worry about working the next day. And uh, yeah, anything you want to say before we get out of here, Doug? Yeah, I first I want to say um, please. Uh, I give a well wishes to Will Osprey. Speedy recovery. He has a kidney infection right now. He had to pull out against the Minori Suzuki match on Sunday, which sucks. And then he was also supposed to face Davy Richards um, and Loki. This was face Loki on Friday. Davy Richards on Saturday for Warriors Wrestling. Looks like he's going to miss all those dates, which just sucks. I wanted to see all those matches. Those are all great matches. Will Ospreay is my favorite wrestler. So just want to say I uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Um, apparently he was in bad shape and went to the hospital, found out he had a kidney infection. So hopefully he's not out too long. And uh, everybody, buy the pay-per-view. If you've been on the fence on AEW, this is the time to check it out. Their pay-per-views are always amazing. It's always a lot of fun. Um, it's just a really great show that I've never really been disappointed in AEW pay-per-view. Maybe one of, maybe a couple from the non-crowds. But now the crowds are back. Their rosters are huge. They give so much great effort. They're booked well. I definitely recommend it. So if you're on the fence, I would definitely order this show this weekend. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Top Gun 2 comes out. The Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi show drops. And I'm going to probably be pissed as hell at it. But whatever. A lot of stuff going on this weekend. So everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy your holiday. And uh, thanks for tuning in as always. Yep. I appreciate it. Y'all enjoy the long weekend. And Alex Schmidt, I just direct messaged you. So just check your uh, your Twitter DMs, and I just got to get your email through there to make sure you get your entry for WrestleRumble.com's AEW Double or Nothing Pick'em Contest. All right, y'all. We will be back same time, same place next Tuesday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. One last time, please hit the like button if you haven't already. Please leave a comment. Please subscribe. We appreciate y'all. If you want to donate in between shows, by the way, I have a tip jar on Twitter and I also we also have a donation link in the description. That's always open and just attach a question to it. Just just send whatever you want to send, attach a question, and we'll we will we will read it on air for the next show. So I, I've had some people reach out. We have it on our outro as well. But if we get any money for the show in between shows, we will always make sure to address it on the next show that we're live. So um, if you can't be here live for whatever reason. That's probably the best way to uh, to get your questions answered and your your comments read and all that kind of stuff during the show. Um, so yeah, for uh, for Doug, I'm Stephen. See you next week right here on Live Rounds. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Stephen Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Stephen Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight check out more Live Rounds episodes.